We're going, we don't need roads. Episode of Off Topic with two drunk guys. I'm Jason McDonald, and my second drunk guy is actually away in Bris Vegas at the moment, and he's not with us. However, I'm happy to say that we have the our regular movie extraordinaire Shane A. Bassett joining us tonight live in Studio Two. How are you? I'm excellent. Great to be back, and uh, I'm sitting in Sean's chair. You are actually, yeah. So, mate, I really appreciate you uh, coming in and uh, you know, live in studio. I know that you know you got heaps on, and so we really appreciate that. And thank you for filling in. No, not a problem. Love Looking to be forward here. to a fun night. So, um, let's just go through. Uh, obviously, if you like our show, please subscribe or review or um, rate us on iTunes. It doesn't have to be a good rating. You can put a bad comment if you want but any any comment's a good comment any ratings a good, a do you good get rating bad ones do you get a few no that's good that's really good to hear because <laughs> not, you know it, it can balance out obviously sometimes but i'm glad to hear you don't yeah yeah well not yet anyway but we've only got three listeners so no. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true um so yeah uh, i thought with Sean being away, I, I really want to try and see if we can get him on the line just to say hello. Why not? See how he's doing up there at uh, in Brisbane. I actually said the Gold Coast last week, but it's Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. So Can't hang on. We'll too mixed up. No, no. <laughs> we'll see if he'll take this call. I really don't know what he's up to, but whether he'll answer or not. Hey, mate, what's up? Yeah, so it's Kentucky and Memphis by day. I'll take Hey, you're live on air with uh, Shane and Jason. How are you? <laughs> now, I didn't know whether you could talk or not, but I thought I'd give it a chance. <laughs> Wait, I really can't. We're about to go live on air. Right, live perfect air. timing. We're about, to, we're about to shoot. Awesome, man. So is there anything you can tell us or you've really got to go? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that I'm really tired. <laughs> How's it going up there? Yeah, man, it's been full on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, eventually when it hits prime time next uh Next year, it's definitely going to be one of the biggest shows of the year, that's for sure. Okay, can I can I tell everyone what the show is? Or yeah, we we can say it now actually. Okay. Um, it's a, do you want me to say it? Yeah, yeah, you say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, working on Australian Spartan. That was Australian Spartan. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So it's a, you know teams of of uh, three helping each other through obstacle courses, and uh, you know. So it's kind of like American Ninja, American Ninja Warrior that I know you can't say, but but it's got teams of three though rather than sing, singles. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. Uh, it's it's more like um, American Spartan, which has teams of three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we can't refer to the other show at the all. Play, right? walk out. Can you hear that? Not really. It's feedback. Uh, yeah, that's, that's just a bit of um, bit of background. We're just waiting for the um, the hosts to be prepped, uh, and then we're about to go into basically because um, you know we shoot things out of sequence. Yeah, sounds like gladiators. Uh, yeah, so yeah. we're about to go into some walkouts. <laughs> nice. Uh, 
before we start uh, running the guys on the course. It's been crazy, man. Like some of the um, the strength of some of these people is absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. And I can't say too much about why, but uh, you know, certainly when it when it comes out, you guys need to watch um, the uh, Aussie Spartan. Some good cool. stories. All right, mate. We'll let you go. Um, make sure you uh, record anything you can. Uh, you know, you know, and we can put it on air later on or whatever. If you yeah, want to brilliant, talk brilliant. about stuff that you're doing during the week, but uh, otherwise, we'll catch up with you next week, mate. Missing you. Yeah, thanks, man. I, uh, I hope to be back with you by um, by Christmas. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Take care. We'll talk. We'll uh, talk soon. Uh, see you, Jay. See you, Jay. Bye, mate. Bye, mate. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been go. flat out <laughs> up in uh, Brisbane. So there you go. He's working on um, Australian Spartan. Well, that little bit of description that he gave us reminded me of Gladiators. Remember that show? Yeah. yeah. Gladiators ready. <laughs> With Mark McGaw, the ex-footballer was in it. He was a contestant yeah. or a host? Yeah, he was one of the um, Gladiators. Right. Well, yeah, I can't okay. remember his name in it, but he was ex-footballer at the time. And he was in. He played for Cronulla. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking late 80s, maybe early 90s that Gladiators were around. I, I didn't watch it, but I, know, I knew of it at the time. Who was the female host? Was that Fiona McDonald? Is, am I right? Or I mean, yeah, I'm not too sure, but it was yeah. very popular for a good couple of years. Mm. And it got parodied on a lot of Oh, maybe I was talking movies. about It's a Knockout, sorry. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, actually, that was when I was very young. I, yeah. again, remember it. And it was filmed in Queensland. Yeah. And they had those, um, like Wipeout. Actually, yeah. that was the same as Wipeout. It's a knockout. Yeah, similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. very similar. Righto. Well, right. get into uh, the week that was. So, Shane, how was your week, mate? Did you um, what did you get up get up to? Did you watch anything? Was, yeah, well, the new like? the new Star Wars movie came out, so I did oh, watch did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, pretty good. I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but it's something that um, I don't think will disappoint fans. I know I certainly am a bit of a aficionado, and I yeah. enjoyed it, but. There are things in it that you don't want to know, so avoid anything you can before seeing it. Okay, cool. Well, I, I did. Uh, I did find out find out today that it's broken the all time uh, box office record for the uh, day one that's in Australia. Kind of surpri- well, not surprise me, but sort of it has as well. That's yeah, because that's a big number. It's a big number. So it took seven million, just mm. over seven million, in the first day. Wow. Um, so it's well on track to. Beat uh, Harry Potter Part 7, Part 2, yeah. uh, which was number two. That's and what might, I thought was number one still. Mm, and it might even beat um, Force Awakens, which I think is around the $26.5 million for the first week. It was in so many cinemas. It's covering so many screens. It started at midnight. Yeah. So then you've got all... Like, that opening day includes the midnight screenings. Does, and then yeah, goes yeah. right through till 9.30, 10 o'clock that night. Yeah. That is a, a lot of money accumulated. So, um, well, I'm going to watch it. I haven't seen it yet, mm. uh, but I'm going to go watch it uh, on the weekend with my wife, uh, mm. Saturday morning or Sunday morning to avoid some some of the crowd. Mm. Good idea. Yeah, it'll be unavoidable to a degree, but I'm really looking forward to it. And obviously, uh, Ryan Johnson, sounds like he's done a great job. Well, I'm a Looper fan. Mm, it's so a I. great film. And great it's film. got his stamp on some of it. You'll see so, what I mean. I, I just don't want to... It, it is different. That's what I will say. It is okay. a little different. Well, I think it. different's good. And it's you know how Luke in the trailer says it's not going to go the way you think? Yeah. So does the movie. It doesn't right. go how you think. And okay. I like that about it. Yeah, good. And um, 
And obviously, as a result, I'm very excited for the next three Star Wars films that he will write and helm. That's kind of exciting. Yeah. Obviously, Disney had seen the film and they're like, yeah, this is great, you know. It's a good move. I thought after Rogue One, we might get a little bit of Star Wars overkill fatigue, yeah. and fatigue. Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened yet. Not, not for, for well, me anyway. The good news anyway. is the next standalone is, uh, is Solo, which is obviously everyone's going to want to have a look at that, right? Ron Howard, I trust him. Yeah. I think he'll do a good job. Yeah, and then we go into part nine, which will wrap up the trilogy. Yeah. The third trilogy. Yeah. And then we might have some new, a new trilogy, completely new with, without the, um, the characters that we know and love. Well, I think with um, Disney now owning Fox too, you know, the, yes. the, well, the we'll drive talk, is there. The we'll talk about there. that in, in the news. Oh, but, I'm um, jumping the gun. No, no, Sorry, it's mate. okay. No, it's, it's, mate, it's all fluid here. So anything else you get up to this week? Or? The Actor Awards were on. On Wednesday, right. the Australian Academy of Arts and Television Sciences, something like I that, isn't you it? did pretty well there. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Close to it. Yeah. I, I used to know it off the back of my hand, but I'm on the spot right now. So, for those at home, it was, you know, it's, it's the new AFIs. It's, it's like our version of the Oscars. Yeah, that's what it's referred to, the Australian Oscars. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I like that term. Sure. Um, however, sure. it is our biggest accolade for television and film uh, either on screen or behind the scenes. So, uh, you know, it is pretty huge. And if just to be nominated and we don't have – our film industry comes in waves, as you sure. know, <laughs> with quality especially. Yeah. But um, it was good. There was some really decent names there and I had a good time on the red carpet. So you were on the red carpet. I'm just going get, to get, get us a beer while oh, you chat yes, about please. that. So you are on the red carpet? I was on the red carpet. I was interviewing as they walked by. So I was just to the left of the big photo, you know, where the, they all stand with the photo and get their photos taken and then move yeah. on to the journalists. Well, I was just up from the cameraman. I got to speak to, speak to Jessica McNamee who you might know. She's done a bit of TV in Australian film, but she's recently in a uh, Golden Globe-nominated film, Battle of the Sexes. Right. I uh, spoke to Jacqueline McKenzie. Uh, Love Jacqueline McKenzie. So do I. Angel yeah. Baby, uh, Deep Blue Sea is another one I really enjoy. So um, she's got the Romper Stomper television show that's coming out, and it starts on the 1st of oh, January, no I, didn't, I believe. I haven't heard about that. Oh, didn't you know? No. Yeah, Stan in Australia. Cheers. That's going to be... um, Uh, Yeah, it's on the streaming network stand in Australia. So So it'll be their uh, original programming. Yes, it is. And apparently, I um, haven't seen any of it yet, but apparently it sort of modernises what we saw back then in the 1990 film, if my memory serves me correctly. I think that sounds right. Uh, Yes, it was good to talk to Jacqueline McKenzie. She plays the same character growing up and now a mother, um, which is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who else did I speak to? Uh, the young guy, uh, Nicholas, who was in It, Stephen King's It. Yes, I saw Australian that. I guy. saw the photo of that. Yeah, yeah I put, how, put it on he? Instagram. Yeah. Um, he was great, very grounded, t- mainly talking about school because he must have been stressed about the end of the year and doing <laughs> stuff. Uh, he, I asked him a question about the rock scene. I said, did you get hurt at all in that throwing the rock scene? Yeah. He said, you know what? Technically, I'm not allowed to say anything about that, but they weren't all foam rocks. That's what he was saying. So that was pretty cool. So they were really, you know, ducking and weaving. I think so, yeah. In some cases. Yeah, I think he, what he was referring to is maybe some of them, 
uh, weren't foam and they were real rocks that they were throwing at each other for fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't want me to sort of clarify that. But so, yeah, I spoke to him. Um, yeah. I, well, how was the telecast? How was the event itself? Uh, I'm not a big fan. Uh, it, it, it was okay. I mean, the actors and the presenters all only read what's given to them pretty much yes. off the yeah. screens. And it happens with any awards ceremony, but whether it's Oscars, Grammys, you know, Golden Globes, whatever. So some were better than others, the presenters. Uh, and I think our quality of movies, I mean, Lion was never going to lose. I mean, yeah. it was an Oscar-nominated film, so it was never going to lose anything yeah. it was nominated for. But just, over $30 million yeah. in this country is amazing. Yeah, and it deserves it. I mean, mm. I, I didn't think it was a brilliant film, but it was still very well made, very well acted. And deserved the deserved the accolades. Yeah. Um, Harvey Weinstein wasn't brought up <laughs> at, at all. I was expecting <laughs> not even him as to. a joke. Yeah, not even as a joke. And, and because he did, he had part of you know of the producing yes. credit for Lion as well. Uh, Brian Brown and Paul Hogan, you know those kind of icons were there. Um, you know, overall it was okay. It was, it was watchable, but I'm not the biggest fan when it comes to the actor awards. Unfortunately, okay. the presentation itself can get be a bit dreary. It needs to be tightened up. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think it's uh, – is it telecast? I think it might be telecast now, but – It is. The last couple of years, yes, Channel 7 have had it. Right, okay. and, But it's on delay right. because the red carpet was actually about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 3.30 yeah. in the afternoon, The present, and the ceremony started at 6 p.m. So it comes on, comes on TV at 8.30 p.m. Right. Know, so it's, it's, it's not uh, advertised as a live event, but it's also not advertised as a delayed event. So people watching it probably think it is live. But it wasn't. Can you recall who they honoured for the Lifetime Achievement Award? Or? Philip Noyce. Philip Noyce? Yeah, Philip Noyce, oh, the director. Nice. Okay, yeah. great. So, and that was actually a really good part because they had uh, Harrison Ford and a whole heap of other people that he's worked with in the past uh, talk, talk, you know, to the, like a pre-recorded thank you and yeah. talk a little bit about him, yeah. Well, so, I, well I'm so happy with that because I've met him and um, you may have met him, I'm not sure, but... He's, he couldn't have. have a nicer. He couldn't have a nicer guy. Yeah, I have. He I couldn't have, find a nicer guy. No, like, he was so nice. I met him uh, at a, ra- a rabbit-proof fence. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably up at the movie convention one year, actually. Right. But then I was doing tours at one stage. I was a tour guide around Fox Studios when they used to open it to the public. And that, in in Sydney. Yeah, in Sydney. Yeah, oh, I used yeah, to take right. school groups and VIPs and that around. I did that for a while. One of the best jobs I've ever had. I'm sure. Yeah. So I went. I went onto a lot of sets. I saw Matrix and Mission Impossible Two and a whole heap of really cool sets. I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> one at one point, um, The Quiet American was being made there. Yes. Michael Caine, Brendan Fraser, which was directed by Philip Noyce. So I've actually seen Philip Noyce on set and in person to talk to. So wow. So I was pretty happy. He got nom- well, got the honorary award. So speaking of which, uh, I took the family down to Sydney on on Sunday night, uh, Arvo, and we went to the Titanic exhibition. Mm. That's still not still there. That they've made. Yes. Because uh, I believe when Fox Studios was open, they had like a Titanic experience. They there. did. So I've, I think they've used some of the props and some of the stuff that you know yeah. artifacts that they've had from that particular exhibition and created a new one, right? It was called the Titanic Experience and it yeah. was basically the highlight of the backlot tour yes. that people went to. And 
Yeah, you're right. It had artifacts and you went through the staircase and did a whole lot of different looking at things and hands-on things, some of them. Then you got into like a makeshift dinghy and the it was air was really cold yeah. and so forth. So it was just like a bit of a ride but an experience more than a ride. So, so here's the thing, right? Like they – so we went to that and we loved it because we're big Titanic fans. It would be good. Yeah, yeah. it would be cool. But uh, – I couldn't help but think that a lot of this, a lot of the prop stuff had been sitting in a soundstage somewhere for, for years and years and years. And I thought, well, let's do something yeah. with this because they had the they had the staircase there, which was great. It was wonderful, right? They've they had that there. Yeah. They had the hallways there. They had the cool room on the side of the Mate, deck. That, what they've done is basically, from the sound of it, yeah. taken it from where it was in one of the sound stages that we used to do the tour on yep. into into <laughs> that building and made the exhi- exhibition. And good for them. I mean, they, yeah, they had some not? pretty cool jewelry and oh, artifacts. Didn't I was they? upset that I didn't see it when it, when Fox was open to the public. You know, um, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, so we went and, we went and saw that, and we all had a lot of fun. Um, we very, uh, we, we, we geeked out when we we're on the staircase and everyone thought, well, Jack and Rose, you know, <laughs> carrying on anyway. Uh, and then Did we Celine went. Dion, Celine Dion song was Oh, shit. it was, was always in my head yeah. the whole time. Yeah. We're all humming it and oh, it was embarrassing, <laughs> but you know, that we love the film, right? And, and it's an interesting part of history, of course, you know, the actual Titanic, but, um, then we went to Carl Barron and um, I took the family to Carl Barron, who was a, an Australian stand-up comedian, mm. probably the most successful Australian stand-up comedian we have in this country, uh, for those who don't know that. Is he? That's a big oh, call. Yeah. I wouldn't have known oh, that. Oh, by far, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I, I just going by DVD sales. Yeah. Um, you've got all the American stand-ups, of course. And Carl Barron is, you know, he sold like, I'm, I'm making this number up, but it's something like over a million uh, DVDs and the yeah. next person's like you know, 150,000. Bigger than Rodney Root. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, uh, maybe that's current. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure joking, Rodney yeah. Root back in the day sold some 80s and 90s, sold yeah. some uh, CDs and tapes, <laughs> <laughs> cassettes. Yeah, yeah, probably. yeah, cassettes. So we went and saw that, and we, um, again, we're big fans of Carl Barron, and we, you know, we were literally. Laughing out loud with tears rolling down our face for the most most part. He was on for about an hour and thirty minutes. Great, it's a pretty long gig for yeah. a stand up. Yeah, and it's just bang, bang, bang all mm. the way through. And he had the whole audience going ninety seven percent of the time. So, uh, yeah, he's a cracker. Remember, have you seen him in Manny Lewis? Remember that movie? He yeah, made? I never watched the film though. Did you watch it? Yeah, yeah, I watched What'd it. You think? Um, I only saw it the once when it was released in the cinema, and I think I didn't mind it. Okay. Yeah, and it was actually, I don't think it was biogra- a biography of his life, but it was about a stand-up comedian. Yeah, so um, maybe semi. Yeah, finding in, falling in love and, you know, mm. behind the scenes. I heard it was a little bit more dramatic than what you may have expected, but not in a bad way. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a comedy. Yeah. It had comedy elements, but mm. yeah, it's more behind the scenes mm. for a stand-up comic. So uh, the other thing I did this week, and I actually saw you on the uh, mustard carpet (laughs) of the Swinging (laughs) Safari world premiere out at uh, Entertainment Corner. Yes. So um, you were there, of course, and I went along on, uh, I think it was a Wednesday night perhaps. And um, So this is an Australian film uh, that has uh, the likes of Julian McMahon, Kylie Minogue, Guy Pearce. Who else we got? Rada Mitchell. Asha Ketty. Asha Ketty. Like a nice... Good, Jeremy solid, Sims. Jeremy Sims. <laughs> a nice, solid cast, you know, that they've made up for this. Now, this is from the director, uh, what's his name? Um, Stephen Elliott. Stephen Elliott. 
Uh, now, he's responsible for uh, movies like Welcome to Whoop Whoop and Priscilla. I don't know, if, did he actually direct Priscilla? Or he just, did. Yeah. Yeah, right. he directed Priscilla. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, would probably be one of our more successful or commercial films, in com- Australian comedies. Oh, easily. In the history of uh, mm. probably second to Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so he's come out with this uh, movie that's um, pretty much batshit crazy and it's set in the early 70s uh, <laughs> where there were swinging parties and, you know, cul-de-sac, a neighbourhood cul-de-sac and kids are just running amok doing whatever the hell they want and the parents are off doing drugs and having sex with each other. It was, uh, look, um, I know you were on the red carpet. Well, let's talk about that first. So it wasn't red carpet. It was a mustard carpet. Yeah, I called it yellow. Yellow, You're right. It was more mustard than yellow. So when I left you on the mustard carpet, (laughs) um, you then went on to um, interview a few people. Did you want to make me talk about that? Yeah, I know. It always sounds like I'm, you know, big dating myself here again. But um, I was lucky enough to speak to some of the stars. Uh, uh, Asha Ketty was lovely. Uh, Rada Mitchell who I have spoken to in the past, but only on the phone. So mm. I got to meet her in person. Okay. Uh, she, she was lovely. I don't know what she was like in the movie. You can maybe tell me a little bit uh, later. Or... Yeah, yeah. She was, um, she was good, yeah. Julian McMahon, who I remember back in the day, he was in this like this surf movie called Exchange Lifeguards. Oh, Do you remember that? No. Was that Australian? Yes, yes. He looked at me funny when I mentioned I said, you know what, why wasn't there ever a sequel to Exchange Lifeguards? And he looked at me and then cracked up. And patted so me on the shoulder. A, yeah, it took him a while, I think. And then he probably forgot about it. And went, I oh, hang he on. might have because he patted me on the shoulder and he says, yeah, very good question. And he goes, oh, I don't know why there wasn't either. And, it, and, then he, and he goes, oh, bloody terrible movie or something. And I said, no, it wasn't actually. It was quite funny because it was a strange version of Baywatch almost. Right. But, yeah, it's called Exchange Lifeguards. It's a very uh, obscure film, but I remember seeing it. Uh, I didn't get to speak to Guy Pierce. Mm-hmm. On this occasion, uh, but I did unofficially say hello to Kylie. I told her she looked beautiful. Uh, well, I, I actually told her she looked pretty in pink, and uh, I promised her John I would. John Hughes reference. <laughs> yes, always movie references with me. I did also say to her because um, at the time they were running short of time, and I had this feeling the publicist was going to take her away, and that's what did happen. So, but just before and that you were happened, positioned the very last. Um, media I was, person. and unfortunately, there was a few. Is well, that just a my, random thing that happens? Yeah, kind or, of. Or it was when you turn up or they do prioritise in they some way? They do prioritise in some way. Um, unfortunately, there was a few people to my left that were, um, but, well, I don't like to call them, you know. I'm a journalist and then you get other people, which I like to call bloggers. Yes. And there is a difference. So when I'm a little bit further down to what they are, it does annoy me a bit. Or if you get a women's magazine that is a little bit further up than you, that does annoy me a bit. But whatever, be that as it may, uh, I did get to speak briefly to Kylie off and the she record. Ama- and she looked amazing. Too. She did look yeah. amazing. She laughed at my joke about yeah. not, not asking her about Biodome. <laughs> uh, she got that joke and she apologised and smiled when yeah. um, when she got whisked away. Oh, there you go, guys. You've heard it first. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of fun. Kylie officially apologised. <laughs> um, sort of, yeah. Yeah, sort of, yeah. So funny, though, that uh, Guy Pearce and Kylie Minogue's characters in the film are off the wall, but they're great. So Kylie plays a character that you really don't expect. It's um, Really? Yeah. It's a different character for her. Um, so, you know, Ryder Mitchell plays a kind of... Um, um, you know, she's a bit slutty. Kind well, she of. disagreed with me, but I think the few comedies that she has done, she's great. 
she's she's good and um I'm yeah not... her character's like kind of played down and um and but it works it really works so and she doesn't actually say a lot in the movie oh yeah but uh, everyone's really good but guy pierce is a riot he's really really hams it up you know he turns it up to 10 as a real ocker <laughs> ocker 70s can imagine speedo he'd be wearing. good at that mm. yeah yeah anyway look i my opinion on the film this isn't for everyone I don't think it's going to be a, a commercial breakout success. I don't think. But I laughed all the way through the movie. Now, that, for people who don't know, my humour can be a bit wrong sometimes. I don't mind that. So it played to me Big really Ace well. Big Ace Ventura fan here. Yeah, but Ace Ventura is not really wrong, though. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, but, but it's a different kind of humour, definitely. Yeah, it's more yeah. of a silly kind of humour. But no, I, oh, I like a lot of humour, actually. But, but I don't mind wrong at all, or non-PC. And this is non-PC all the way. Mm. Uh, and um, it's not straight down the line. But can I tell you, though, it, has a, it represents the 70s. It captures the 70s very very well it's obviously exaggerated for effect but i felt like i was what you know i was in my so neighborhood when you, you know? say exaggerated give me one example kentucky fried chicken <laughs> <laughs> yeah look actually do you know what um the scene that didn't really work for me that well is when it's in the commercial it's in the trailer when the kentucky fried chicken's kind of sunburnt on their stomach yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. was a bit naff but um that was a, that was a small thing there but um what well, What's an exaggeration? Like, there was the daughter, um, who's, you know, probably seven or maybe, <laughs> just kind of finding herself. And because the parents are always doing their own thing, Can she basically imagine? has all, yeah, she has all the neighborhood boys lined up to, uh, hmm. and she basically blows them anyway, one by one. But, uh, yeah, so that was, <laughs> where were we? Um, well, and just for <laughs> our listeners, I went in for, I just, I wasn't in the mood to watch it, and I normally would go in in after a red carpet and and watch the film, but at this point, I just wanted to go home. I gave the movie five minutes and and left. So Jay stayed for the whole thing, and I'll watch it when it comes out in January. Well, in Australia anyway, it's coming mm. out on the big screen in January. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it goes overseas. I wouldn't think it's exportable. Uh, I've got to, I mean, give my opinion on Stephen Elliott. Yeah. I honestly don't think he's a great director. Okay. And Pr- Priscilla is, like you said, one of the greats. And it stands the test of time. Welcome to Whoop Whoop apparently has been rediscovered and is underrated. I disagree with that. I did watch it again recently. Hmm. And movies like Eye of the Beholder, he did, which wasn't bad. It wasn't But bad. it's still not good. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's done some other stuff. I, I admit that it's fairly watchable, but... I don't know. Um, I, 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 I like this film, but it's, it's yeah, I just, I think it will offend some people. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. MA rated? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. But anyone who grew up in the 70s, whether you're an adult or a teenager in the 70s or even a child, uh, and you remember it, uh, you've got to watch it just for that, even if it's just half an hour, because they do capture that really well. And uh, there's things that they do and say and interact with that you go, oh, gosh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. I remember them. I remember this, you know. So, yeah, and that's kind of fun. And the clothes from the poster and the trailer look like they're pretty well um, detailed. Oh, everything. The, yeah. the the way they even do the houses with the carpets and the... The shag car. Yeah, the decor <laughs> and the, the cars and the everything, the bikes. And it, it's it, it's done really well from that point of view, I think. Okay. Know? 
So, uh, what about uh, movies and TV? Have you have you watched any other movies like at home or this week? Or um, I watched. I there's a television show called Fear the Walking Dead, which is like the offspring of The Walking Dead. Yes, a show that I've never seen mm-hmm. an episode of. Um, but Fear the Walking Dead, I started watching because there's an Australian actress in it called Alicia Debnan Carey. Uh, it's been, I think it's third season and I just finished it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, it took me a while because I had it on my queue with Foxtel, uh, at home and I hadn't finished it and had a few episodes left and it was okay. I mean, it's, it keeps me interested and I'll yeah. keep, um, watching it, I think. Do you think you'd ever watch Walking Dead then? Or? No, I don't no? think so. I don't think I'll go back to it. Okay. Um, no, no, I don't think so. Uh, and there's a television show called The a Classic Countdown, which has been an hour special for the last, I don't know, seven or eight weeks. And it started oh, at yeah. 1980 and it's gone right through to 1987, I think, um, was the last one when Countdown actually finished. Well, it's a, a compilation yeah, of the best shows Yeah, it's just a compilation of that year. Of that year. Mm. And, and it has a narrator and it just shows you all the guests and behind the scenes and little interview snips with Molly Meldrum. That was very interesting and it just finished up. So Okay. That was good, yeah. Well, well I watch, I watched, uh, I've watched a little bit of everything this week because I've, I've had a really busy week. So I actually haven't watched a lot of content but watched a couple of episodes of Black Mirror. I um, mm. always like that. It's kind of like a, I hear it's a good. Twilight Zone. It's kind of it's sci-fi bordering on horror but it's not really horror. Just dark sci-fi. That's probably the best way to say it. Well, I like that. Any good yeah. actors? Uh, yes, yeah, a few good actors pop up because it's all anthology. Um, so yeah, there's some good, good okay. stuff. Yeah, I watch watch some of the season three. It's, it's you know some episodes are a little bit weaker than others. It's been going that long, three seasons. Yeah, yeah. There's one season, uh, one episode in particular where these two girls uh, travel back into the eighties, and they capture the eighties really bloody well. You should look out for that episode. I'll, 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 You've, off got air, You've got off me already. Air, I'll <laughs> tell you what it is. That's an interesting little uh, relationship these two girls have together, but just the way they've captured the time, period in time, is excellent. Because uh, um, not many time travel movies have gone back to the 80s, when yeah. you think about it. Um, Hot Tub Time Machine did, but I, I didn't actually like that. That was another shocker. Type of com- I, I sex like comedy the first, that I, I like, like the first one, yeah. But uh, that, they went back to eighties, but I can't think of there probably are, but I can't think of the top of my head of too many time travel movies that actually go back to the eighties. Right. That's sixties or fifties or forties, mm. you know, or in the future. It's not the eighties. Oh, I had a uh, a close association with Hot Tub. I'm a little bit biased because uh, when I was acquiring film, yes, we read the we read it off script and we wanted to buy the film off script. So the script read really well. Oh, I, I, you know, I would imagine it would. Yeah. Um, and so I think when it finally got made, we didn't end up acquiring it, by the way. But Pops, um, I think, released it, didn't they? Correct. I think. Correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was it? Paramount. Paramount did the second one, but uh, I think I think it was They Fox. changed distributors, mm. I know that much, because um, the second one was such a flop mm. in the US, and I'm not sure it even got a cinema release in Australia. May have, but would have been smart. Oh, no, it didn't. It no. was a director video. I know that. Anyway, so, um, yeah, but I did like it when it came out. And I, I, I love uh, John Cusack and a couple of the actors I had there. That's why it should have been so much better. Yeah. It's John Cusack. But that whole sub- subplot of Crispin Glover maybe losing his arm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, uh, I watched a couple of episodes of uh, Dice, which is on Stan, I believe. Uh, and that, I think it's Stan, yeah. 
and that's Andrew Dice Clay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like a, it's like a, it's like a, a sitcom kind of thing that he writes himself and it's very, he is, he is Dice Clay, you know, he's Andrew Dice Clay, plays himself. Um, there's been very, a lot of comedies like it, you know. Um, look, if you like Andrew Dice Clay, you I probably do. don't, you probably won't mind it. Um, if you don't like him because he's very pol- um, polarising, uh, I would stay clear. But uh, I, I don't mind it. Look, it's, it's a brain, no-brainer. It's 25 minutes. It's easy to watch. You know. Saw him live at Newcastle. Oh, no way. A few years ago. When? Uh, just in, in concert, stand-up. Um, yeah, it was great. Wow. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he was in the country, did a tour, and uh, at the Civic uh, Theatre in Newcastle, my brother and I went and saw him. Damn. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit of a... Uh, it was a few years ago, though, like when I say a few, maybe four years ago now okay. or something. It wasn't recent. Um, it was before Dice came out because I know that's in its second season now. Yes. But I love Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's one of those bad movies that yeah, you cult, love. It's a cult it's classic. A cult, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's an Ace Ventura from back then, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Um, well, yeah, I think you might like it then. I think you'll like. I've the been show. wanting to catch up with it, but as you know, I, I find it hard to dedicate too much time to TV because of all the movies I watch. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I watched uh, one other TV show. I'll mention. I watched the first episode today. It was called um, "Hunted." Don't know that one. It's on Foxtel. It's um, basically a reality TV show where nine couples uh, get an hour's head start on a team of FBI, ex-FBI, ex-CIA, ex-investigators, ex-bounty wow. um, hunters and blah, blah, blah. In the bush? No, they're in the city okay. and they just, they've just they obviously registered and then they'll just come up and say, right, you've been, you're now being hunted and they have to, and then they're on the run as fugitives. Mm. And this um, team of ex, what I said, everyone, um, have to track them down. And they have, yeah, it's it's good. And they have 20, if they can survive for 28 days without being found, they win quarter of a million bucks. Okay. And the FBI agents and the uh, CIA. The running man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then they basically use all the technologies, like they use drones, internet, you know, um, ATMs, cameras, um, phones, tracking. Eagle Eye did something similar. Yeah, it's all Eagle Eye stuff, right? Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, so it's kind of fun and fun. It's just interesting, you know, and you are watching their techniques. And what's really funny is, is how the humans, the, the sorry, the hunted stuff up. Because mm. when, when you're under pressure, you leave a trail. You would. Yeah. yeah. And you, and you make mistakes and blah, blah, blah. Like there was this one particular, uh, in this episode I watched today where she had like, um, one of the girls, a woman, woman had uh, a calendar on her office desk. Just you know, one through thirty, and she'd l- literally written on the calendar uh, with on a piece of paper, oh, which no. was on the calendar, <laughs> where she would be. I'm going to be at Bob's on from third to the sixth, yeah. and then I'm going to be at you know James's from X and Mama. For whatever reason, she wrote that down, right? So then, when they and they go into their house, they literally break into their not break in, they go into their house, uh, like they have a warrant, and then they clean out their house and grab clues. And so this one guy grabs the uh, calendar, a large calendar, and they, they're looking at it back at the um, headquarters, mm. and they're looking at it, and the guy's looking at it, and they're like, hang on, there's something on this. So then they do the, the old school shading 
with the, right, with pencil. the pencil. Yeah. And it all comes up going, <laughs> I'm going to be here on this day. I'm going to be here on this day. Her whole track for the 28 days. The old like, lead what? pencil. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously they knew where they were. That sounds unreal. Jay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it's Hunted. I don't know it. On, wow. uh, and there's only two episodes on there now. So it's I obviously just Hill. started. That's... Well, you can watch two episodes tonight. <laughs> Great. No, that's really good to know. Um. It sounds like my kind of thing. And remember series nine, there was a, there was that reality um, show, called, well, it was a movie that it was a oh, yeah. parody of yeah, series yeah. nine. Yeah. Um, Running Man, which is one I brought up before, and, and Surviving the Game. That was another one with Ratke Hauer and a few, uh, F. Murray Abraham and a few other actors that were chasing one person, but that was through the bush. Yeah. You know, they let him get a half an hour start and then it was about six ex-CIA Agents all hunting him for fun. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah, no, it's good. Check it out. It's worth at least having a look at and see if if you like it. Now, um, the other one that I liked, and I mentioned this last week, but just for you personally, I'll be very quick because the listeners have already heard it, is um, I finished a, a reality show called Shot in the Dark. And do you remember Nightcrawler with uh, Jake Kenroll? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's, good movie. Right. Lovely, awesome movie. Very dark though. Mm. Shot in the Dark is the reality version of these cameramen. Oh, the, the ambulance chases and yeah. the, the ones that go around and video yes. the accidents and things. Yes. Okay. But it's done really, really well about with three teams. So if that interests you at all, like reality and so it's a reality show, but as in yeah. So it play, plays real. out more okay. like um, you know border security or that mm. kind of thing, like a serious thing. But uh, it's a real life. Uh, well, my problem with reality shows is, and you might be able to tell me if you think it might come across this way, but to me, a lot of reality shows are set up. They aren't that real. Sure, real. sure. Yeah, well, they're produced. Yeah, yeah. they're produced, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Sean will tell you all about that, right? But yeah. um, So it, is that what this no, one No, no, this across? is... Well, look, there's an element of it, of course, mm. because... But, no, it's less, because okay. it's about real-life accidents and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. So Shot in the Dark, Netflix. Jeez. Thank you. Um, now, what else? Uh, with the movies, I really didn't watch any movies other than than uh, Swinging Safari, so... Poor thing. <laughs> yeah, which is unlike me, but um, I was, yeah, I was just a really busy week, so... Do you have any other content you want to chat about? Uh, I did watch a John Wayne movie called Haunted Gold. I'm oh, not gosh, much of a what? John Wayne fan, but this was very early John Wayne. What year? 40s? Oh, wow. Okay. 50s, maybe. Um, it went for just over an hour, um, and it's basically him... Going into like a ghost town, and there's people hiding in out like fugitives hiding out in a uh, old gold mine, and but it's haunted, right? Yeah, so it's it's different, but and it's unintentionally funny. Okay, uh, the horse actually acts very well in it, and the horse's name is the Duke, yeah. <laughs> which is like John Wayne's nickname. But yeah, haunted gold, very rare movie. Apparently, um, I came across it. Yeah, how'd you watch it? Uh, it was on a. I bought a DVD with three of his really early oh, movies on it, and that was one of them. Okay. Yeah. So before we wrap up the segment, we just want to talk about any trailers that have come out, and the one, the only one that comes to note for me, uh, and you might have seen something else, is uh, the second trailer for Ready Player One. Mm. Now, have you seen that yet? Uh, the the trailer. Oh, no, I was going to say no, no not, the movie. not the movie trailer. Uh, I, yeah, I have. Yeah, um, only the once. I, I Are the it. first and the second? Or yeah, just, both. Okay, both, so but, the first one for me was a little bit underwhelming. So I'm excited by this film, right? Are you? Yeah, but this is interesting. But the first trailer, I was a little bit like, oh, there, there's something's not quite right here. Not impressed at all. Yeah. 
Second trailer, though, for me, opened it right up, and now I'm excited. How You're, excited? Uh, oh, not, not busting out of my skin. Just because of the DeLorean? <laughs> well, you see the DeLorean in the first you trailer. You do? Yeah. yeah. No, no, I just like the fact that it gives you a little bit more background to the story, you know. Uh, I, I didn't want to spend all my time in the Oasis. No. Do you know what I mean? Which is the um, forum for the... Um, you see Ben Mendelsohn in this one too. You see Ben Mendelsohn, which I was, yeah, one. I was a bit upset when you didn't see him in the first trailer. Mm. Anyway, so I'm now back on track with this one, but my um, excitometer is probably around the seven. So I'm not busting, but it's gotten was about a five, and now it's probably gone up a notch or two. two. Mine's still on about a five, right? Really? <laughs> because yeah, it is an improvement on the first trailer, but. Too much CGI. Mm, it feels that way, it doesn't really it? really is going to be. If that's what's in the trailer, that's what we're going to have to deal with in the movie. And I understand you're going to have to because of Tron, because of the DeLorean, the Iron yeah. Giant, Freddy Krueger, all that. Chucky. Chucky. Yeah, I love Chucky. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. I love pop culture and whatever, but too much CGI can kill films. And that's one reason why Thor, I mean, everyone's raving about the new Thor, but by the end of it, I was over it. I was watching a video game and that happens a lot. Mm, I, I disagree with that. But I look, I'm, I'm very fussed with CGI. I am. Mm. I've, I've talked about it a lot on the podcast, but um, no, I was okay with Thor's CGI. I wasn't with Justice League, but <laughs> that's another story. Um, okay, well, we... Um, that's where we're different because I didn't mind Justice League. Yeah, well, but that's the funny thing that's about good. it, that people see different things. Yeah. It's... And and have different emotions with... So it's not wrong or right. It's just how I felt not when I watched it. Not bagging Thor at all. Yeah. And Guardians of the Galaxy fell into the same basket for me, just a little bit too much CGI. But, you know, what else can you do? You're in an intergalactic yeah. space. space. Exactly. But that's yeah. what annoyed me about Justice League, is, don't get me started. They spent $300 million on the film, and some of the CGI characters do not look good no, enough. No, they that, rushed That's that. my point. Yeah. Not, not anything That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we're going to wrap up uh, the week that was, and we're going to move into our next segment, which is News It Happens. Welcome back to News It Happens. So we're here to talk about a couple of updates this week. We've had uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, actually, which I was really, really um, found bizarre. Now, we're going to get into the Golden Globes a little bit more detail. Good, However, Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, um, I've been talking for the last couple of weeks about the whole Kevin Spacey thing being replaced in yeah. All the Money in the World, which was Ridley Scott's um, new movie. So I've just been keeping everyone updated on that. Now, the latest this week is last week Christopher Plummer came in. They already re-released re re the trailer with Christopher Plummer. Have you seen that? No, I didn't right. realise. The last yeah. trailer I saw was still running with Kevin Spacey. Because so I would have thought that would have got pulled straight away, but well, it didn't. It, well, I think it did get pulled, but then oh. or at some stage. Okay. But then, so they had 10 days to shoot with Christopher Plummer. It cost 10 million bucks for one, you know, for, for the 10 days. A million a day yeah and then um i went to the movies last week and they all the money in the world trailer came up and it already had christopher Plummer in there it was amazing oh, man, I like, and seen that was that in yet. like three weeks ago they cool. said let's get christopher Plummer in and now he's up on the screen like that's fast turn around anyway so the next part of that is then we get the golden globes come out this week 
And guess what? And we'll go through that in detail. But Christopher Plummer's nominated for Best Supporting Actor. How's that for a turn of events? I was floored. I was floored because Ridley Scott has obviously worked some cinematic magic. One, to completely erase one actor, put in another. And I thought maybe it might be just facial recognition or something. But no, it's whole scenes, as you say, a million a day to film over 10 days. Yeah. Got the other cast members back to do them, do it as well. And now he's been nominated for an award for it. I know. I mean, a month ago he wasn't even in the movie. I know. It's strange, right? <laughs> it's great. And then on top of that, one thing I noticed I talked about quickly last week was um, it looks like Mark Wahlberg has lost some weight in between when he shot the oh, first part of no. All the Money in the World and he, he shots with um, Christopher Plummer. He's really quite obvious. skinny. And so he's obviously that's for his new movie or whatever, whatever that might be. Hopefully but, not another Transformers. Is he in Bumblebee? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm kidding. Anyway, um, and the other big news that came out this week was uh, Disney looking to acquire Fox. That's what we talked about last week. Yes. Guess what? Disney has acquired Fox. That has actually come to uh, ching ching to the surface. So. From, there's a few different numbers being you know banded around, but it's anywhere from 54 million. Sorry. Fifty-four billion to sixty-six billion to acquire the Fox film and TV catalog and new release rights. Right, so basically, from a Fox point of view, they will still operate uh, all their sports and TV, TV and sports, and uh, News Limited. But from a movies <laughs> point of view, Disney now have another, uh, I guess, sub studio under their uh, stable, and that is in Fox catalog. So that includes things like. Obviously, all the superhero stuff like X-Men and Deadpool, uh, Fantastic Four, those kind of things, entities. It also includes things like, um, uh, it'll include Bond, right? I think Bond's under them or their MGM. No. Uh, well, Spectre was the last uh, one out. The and reason, was... Sorry, I, I, I'm, I've just worked it out myself. So what it is, I, I do say that because Fox had the rights to Bond. They did. They did, but they, to distribute but it's an MGM property that now Sony have. So forget all and that. And I'm not even sure Sony got the rights anymore. I think Spectre was their last right. one in that So it that keeps changing contract. hands. Yeah. And that's because MGM is like a um, almost a floating studio. or um, Well, they're not the grand studio they no, once they was. So, but they also do have Star Wars back catalogue, right? Which means all of the Star Wars will now fall under the one roof. Thank goodness. Yeah, thank and, goodness, and we'll yeah. see the 20th Century Fox logo again at the start of the uh, Force Awakens and maybe The Last Jedi and Rogue One even. I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. That 20th it. Century, that's what we grew up with, exactly. Star Wars and Empire. And that's the sad Frank. part about all that Yeah, is we'll start to lose that wonderful... And that's even parodied in, you know, Simpsons and oh, stuff like that, Of course. Right? I mean, The Force Awakens <laughs> is the same as The Last Jedi is there's no Disney logo at the start. It just comes up Lucasfilm. Right. And then a galaxy far, far away. Yep. So, which is great, you know, but you miss that fanfare. Yeah. That famous fanfare. There is some good news that will come out of this, I think, and this is just my opinion. X-Men's obviously up to their eighth film, whatever it is, mm. and that's fatiguing for me. It's getting very tired, um, especially after the last one, Apocalypse. Well, Logan... Come on, I think Logan, is that in the X-Men universe? So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Logan, they did a great job of with. Of course, and, yeah. Um, but yeah, just the X-Men part, though, the X-Men films, sorry. Sure. Getting a bit tired. They can't get Fantastic Four quite right. 
Uh, even though I didn't mind the old the oh. cheesier Jess oh, Carabel oh, ones. Oh, look, Julian Fo- McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Yes, just, Dr. Just Death or whatever. Yeah. But the, um, look, Silver. they're easy to watch, right? Yeah. But they're not the best films in the world, let's face it. Um, anyway, so... Kid stuff. Yeah, and then and obviously they've had great success with Deadpool. So what does this mean? It means that Disney can now join, because they're all Marvel property, mm. so that um, all these characters can now join their um, their MCU, which means in things like uh, Avengers Part 5 or 6, you could actually see characters like Fantastic Four and or X-Men characters come into the... Crossover. Yeah, crossover, and, and or even Wolverine for that matter, and, and even Deadpool. Um, what I'd like to see is they just keep Deadpool separate because that's still fresh and uh, new, and um, and then they can... The characters are getting tired like the X-Men and um, uh, not so much Wolverine, but... X-Men to me, and I know what you're saying, sorry to cut you off, yeah. but I don't know. Like since X... X-Men, then X2, which to me is still one of my favourites. Although I did like the one where they went back in time. Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. Yeah. I thought that was great. And I do like the casting of the younger X-Men. It's yeah. very good. But overall, X-Men doesn't hold up as well on a rewatch no. for me as does Avengers or, you know, certain other but- ones. And Deadpool... One last final point. I hope that isn't just flash in the pan. Yeah. It'll all come down to this next Deadpool movie, yeah. whether it is as good. And I think it will be. Yeah. But, but I often think that too. That was yeah. like a flash in the pan. Yeah. Like no one expected that. So that's my point. I don't want another X-Men film, but I'm happy to see X-Men turn up in small roles in an Avengers film or in the next Spider-Man film or in the next whatever. I'm happy for that. Yes. In small parts, right? So they're almost like cameos or extended cameos. I'm happy for that. Yeah. yeah, totally agree on that. Um, we need we need to sort of combine them more, and I think that was uh, Disney's probably ultimate plan. Yeah, well, especially they're... Fantastic Four. They've gotten they've got to do something with that. It's a mm. property that hasn't as much as you like those cheesy ones with Jessica Alba. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if I do, and yeah, yeah the the kid stuff from what I can remember. Yeah, they are. They're PG. They're easy to watch. They're, they're family films, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but they're, I think their end game here, though, Shane, is is to take on uh, digital subscription, right? So they want to take on Netflix. Can you think about what's happening here? Oh, yeah. They have a stable. Like, Disney's stable is incredible. They've got all their Disney films, all their animation films, all Pixar films, all Lucas films, all Marvel films, <laughs> uh, or a missing one, or, or did I say them all? Am I missing it? Well, now all Fox, right? So suddenly they can have a digital subscription platform out there and charge, I'll make this up, $9, whatever, and they have an all-you-can-eat, just like Netflix do, right? Mm. Uh, And that's pretty rich. And all the kids' stuff they've got, suddenly as a parent, you're like, oh, I I like that. I want want to subscribe. Mm. Netflix, on the other hand, is going to struggle a little bit because they suddenly lose all Disney, all Lucasfilm, all Pixar, uh, or Marvel, and all Fox out of their Netflix, um, out of Netflix catalog. Now, what they've got going for them is original programming, but there's an element of risk in that, right? So it's going to be interesting. Original programming and more and more like Amazon films are doing is original films. Mm. And Netflix have got their original films too, which are all 90 minutes and original tales. So maybe that's... <laughs> well, anyway, we'll, we will see. But I think um, that is what Disney want to do. They want to uh, 
own a part of that space. So Disney will own Alien, the Alien franchise. Yes, and um, I think it's Bob Iger, who's I think he's the CEO for yeah. uh, Disney. He said there will. Don't worry, there will be a home for the R-rated product product oh, of Disney. I hope so, because uh, even Avatar <laughs> now will fall under the uh, Disney banner yeah, because that, weird, that's Fox. It? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, well, that, I never thought about that. So the, all the Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5, that'll all come under yeah. Disney, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, when you think about it, Fox don't have that many huge franchises. They keep trying no. to set them up, no, yeah. but they don't work. Yeah. Um, and now Logan sort of maybe not finished off the X-Men, but now that sort of was a final goodbye for uh, Wolverine, as we know him as Hugh Jackman. Yep. You know, it'll kickstart something else maybe from, with Disney combining with other people. But when you think about Fox, they've got Alien and Avatar, which is not really a franchise yet because it isn't still only the one <laughs> film. Alone, yeah. But off the top of my head, I can't think of too many more that have been successful enough to call it a franchise. Yeah. From Predator. Fox. Obviously, you've got Predator and the new Predator oh, yeah, coming up. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah, look, they're Shane not... Shane the, yeah. Yeah, they're not known for massive franchises, you know, but um, other than the X-Men, really... Uh, anyway, look, I think at the end of the day, all this product and falling under another studio will just have a nice uh, lease on life. Mm. It'll just have a little bit of a revitalization. It's not Disney refresh. trying to take over the world, is oh, it? Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah I mean. What's their next move? Maybe um, Universal. No, Universal. Are... Well, Paramount to me, on a side story, are the biggest distributor well-known distributor that haven't had a lot of hits. And I'm not just talking about the last year, but the oh, last... years, ten years. Five to I ten mean, years. Yeah, Paramount's easy. Paramount's got a great catalogue. So you oh, acquire awesome catalog, Paramount yeah. for catalogue, right? Mm. But they have... Um, all they have is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers and Mission Impossible. They're their franchises. That's it. And I think, although the Transformers are a popular film yeah. uh, series... Mission Impossible are probably more pop popular. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think. Well, I mean, globally, Transformers makes more money. Yeah. yeah. Now we we just want to spend a little bit of time on the Golden Globe nomination. So they've they've just come out. Oh, I love Jeez. that sound. <laughs> just come out, and um, I thought we could talk about this a little bit more, Shane, because one thing that um, Shane and I love more than anything in life almost is is Oscars and Golden Globes, and we. We just love that time of the year. Um, and, yeah, so we thought we'd just run through the nominations very quickly and just see if there's anything that stands out that we might want to talk about or whatever. So, Award season looming, my favourite time yes, of the year. Yeah, we, we just love it and we take it very seriously. And we're that, we're that bad that we actually almost prefer to watch it just on our own and so we're not uh, distracted or... Yeah, <laughs> people aren't interfering. It sounds a bit weird, right? It sounds a bit weird. And I, over the years, I've done what I, if I haven't been able to watch it live, and I've got the luxury now because of work and everything and what I do to watch it live. Yeah. And plus Foxtel, that's it's it's on Foxtel Live or it's on Channel Nine. I think at the moment they got the rights. But back in the day, when I even when I was at school and and or working in another job. And it was on during the day. You've got to do everything you can to avoid the uh, winners. Yeah, because the results. Because they the results. The results, yeah. And I remember being on a bus once, and I'm going way back to the piano. 
This is the year the piano Molly Hunter won. I'm on a bus. They've got a radio. My stop was coming up. The radio and the speakers in the bus had gone to the news. And, you know, yeah. all of a sudden I started to hear Tom Hanks's name, Holly Hunter's name, and I'm like going, la, 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 la. <laughs> down the walkway of the bus. <laughs> the driver's going, are you all right? You all right? And I said, stop the bus. I'm going, stop the bus, stop the bus. So he basically stood with, stopped the bus with no uh, other... There wasn't a bus stop. He just stopped. And I said, la, 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 and got oh off gosh. because I didn't want to hear the results. <laughs> so, look, I've done that too. I haven't I haven't run down the bus. Going, I was only la, a la, kid, la. But, still. <laughs> but I've definitely put my fingers in my ears when, when an announcement It's hard, up. isn't it? It's just hard when you're driving though, you know, anyway. <laughs> and more so now with social media, you've got to not have the phone on. Yeah. Uh, it's just so difficult. So it's easier just to stay at home and mm. watch them live. If you're into it as much as what we are. Yeah. So what have we got? Let's go through these uh, nominations very quickly. Um, so the first one we got is uh, the best motion picture. So what's in, what I found interesting about this list, Shane, is there's a lot of films here that people won't really know too well at the moment. You know, uh, there's no real clear front runner. You know, there's no real big film. It's all just a bit of a mixed bag of movies that are about to come out. And uh, so what have we got? We got uh, best motion picture is. Call Me By Your Name, which is um, a drama about two a, a gay guys. A gay love yeah. story, as yeah, far as I know. Story, I don't know yeah, much yeah. else about it other than Army Hammer Yep, uh, is in it. And his performance is meant to be good. Dun- Dunkirk is nominated for Best Picture, so that is absolutely a no-brainer for me. Uh, the Post is nominated for Best Film, and that's Spielberg's uh, new film with Meryl Streep Can't and Tom wait. Hanks. Uh, that looks great. And one that I'm very happy about that is getting recognition, I'm very excited for this, and that's uh, Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water, yeah. which is his new film, and it's getting great buzz. Uh, and have you, ever, have you seen the film? No, no. Um, Octavia Spencer's in it, and, I, and Michael Shannon got a great cast, And but I don't know. I, I'm surprised it's getting a lot of love, and I'm glad it is, mm. but I'm reading mixed stuff about it, and I'm trying not to read too okay. much about it, having not seen it yet. When um, I first saw the trailer... Hans I, Labyrinth I, reminds me of that. Yeah, which is one of my favourite films. It's pretty good, I yeah. love that. Well, it's in my top 20 for sure. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so, And that's why I'm excited when he's making this kind of film, right, and not so much uh, Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim. yeah. Yeah, and you know, I loved uh, Crimson Peak. It didn't so do did very well. Underrated. Yeah, I really – and film. great second watch, great third watch. Mm. So when I first saw the trailer to Shape of Water, I was a bit underwhelmed. I was like, this looks strange, different, and mm. I'm not really into it. But I can't help with all the you know buzz it's receiving. I'm, I'm, I'm now going to trust that mm. and go in and see what, what happens. Will the Golden Globes look outside the box, though? They are used to, well. They used to be known as basically the popularity contest. Yeah. Um. Because pe- when it, the tourist got nominated, remember, and yeah. Angelina Jolie and, you know, and Johnny Depp and you know, don't get me wrong, the tourist is is an entertaining film, but yeah. it's not award worthy. No. At all. Um. But the Golden Globes have their own way about things. You know. Yeah. I would say. Not just because Dunkirk is probably on top of my list out of those five, and I've only seen a couple of them. The Post is probably one getting the most buzz. That actually won just recently. That won best film for it was a smaller awards. New York Critics or something. It was like a New York Critics or something. something yeah, like yeah, I think. So I heard it's starting, that. you know, it's starting to get some momentum there. Um, anything else on best film? We'll move on. 
Uh, just give it to Dunkirk now. Ah, uh, <laughs> right. Really? That's where your tip is? Uh, no, I'm not going to say what my tip is because I haven't seen all the movies. Obviously, I haven't seen three billboards, okay. Shape of Water. But I, um, it's tough. But Dunkirk for me, when it came out, I just thought, okay, there's our first Oscar-nominated film for the year. Yeah, it's oh, very a brilliant impressive. Film. Yeah, brilliant film. Look, I, if I had to pick one now, I'd probably and, and like you, I haven't seen them. My guts telling me, telling me that three billboards will do well. Um, best motion picture for a musical or comedy. So this is always a little bit of a controversial category because they always stick a film in here that isn't really a musical or comedy. And, and last year was a classic. I can't quite recall what it was now. The Martian, wasn't it? The Martian. Was that Thank last you. year or the year well, before? Well, maybe the year before. So they start, I mean, the thing with that is Martian's a sci-fi. Yeah. So you put around the drama and, or you put around mm. the musical or comedy. Clearly they wanted to do that. Feels a drama. So the nominations for motion picture and musical comedy are The Disaster Artist, Get Out, The Greatest Showman, I, Tonya, and Lady Bird. So Disaster Artist, I think we've both seen. Yes, yes, loved it. Loved it, loved it. It's in my top 10 for the year, I would say. Seen it twice and I'd go again. I just really loved it. Not, yeah, but not maybe for everyone, but for, I really enjoyed it. How long ago, just on a side note, since you've seen The Room? Oh, well, I've never seen The Room fully in its entirety. And yeah. that's incredible. So you've never seen but The Room fully, but no. you appreciate the disaster artist. See, yeah. that's my point exactly as a film critic. You don't have to actually see The no, Room. No, but it's good that you understand the source material yeah. a little yeah. bit. There's plenty of stuff on YouTube you can watch with like 10 minutes of footage and that kind of it's stuff. It's like an odyssey with a, a guy about it with a massive passion that wants to get something done and does yeah. does so. And it's a comedy almost drama as well yeah drama yeah, yeah i agree i agree and oh, it's and um, interesting to know that you haven't seen the room yeah uh get out well here we go this i'll let you say what you want to say first <laughs> i i the first time i watched get out i, I just kind of went i don't quite know what i saw but i know that i liked it mm. uh but it was just different uh and original uh for me and i, I liked it second time i watched it i went i really really like this film mm. And, um, you know, obviously I love my horror. Now, it's not all horror. It's very much a horror. You know, there's a satire dipped with a bit of horror, a bit of thriller, you know, a bit of comedy. Um, I, I thought it was fantastic. What is a best picture? I'm not sure about that. It is better on a second watch because yes. it is so technical in certain parts and things happening in the background. Yes, there's a lot happening in the background. I think it's... Terrific film, don't get me wrong, but it's not comedy. This is another one of the Martian problems I've yeah, got. And I don't think it's, it's as bad as a Martian, a though, because it is a satire. It does have that level of humour. Yeah, Definitely. Okay, I just would put it in a suspenseful thriller. I oh, mean, well, it is that. It, Alfred Hitchcock movies had all had a bit of humour in them. <laughs> I mean, would you put them in a comedy? Not well, always. no, but there's not a horror or thriller category, right? No, I understand that. I, I'm not bagging the film, though. Now, let's talk about The Greatest Showman. Now, we're here yes. to tell you, you can't say much about <laughs> no, it, I'm not allowed. but you saw it today. I did, literally only a few hours ago. <laughs> uh, I'm not allowed to give my absolute opinion on it, whether it's good, bad, or in between, but let me just say that uh, it is a spectacle. It's good old-fashioned entertainment. It has some great music in it, which you already know from the trailers. I can tell you because I'm looking at Shane that he has a big smile on his face. So I don't <laughs> know what that means. I'm using my hands to talk. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the spirit fingers going and everything. Yeah. 
So no, and I um, and this is the movie with Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron. Hugh Jackman Zendaya. stands tall in this. Just and for those who don't if know. you are familiar with Moulin Rouge hmm. and how that opens in a blast of colours and spectacle, this is very, very not not similar as in what happens, but it is hmm. opens magnificently. I can't say anymore, but The Greatest Showman is definitely up there. Is don't know if it was going to make my top ten, but it is one of the best films I've seen for a long time. Okay, good. Really right. enjoyed well, it. Look, we will be. I'll be on the red carpet uh, next Wednesday night. So this this podcast will probably come out on Monday, Tuesday. So uh, make sure you check our Facebook page uh, to off topic with two drunk guys, and we'll have some coverage. On the uh, red carpet. Are you attending the red carpet? I have um, yet to be confirmed. Okay. I hope so. Yeah. I'm attending the junket, okay. which is like one-on-one interviews. But whether I've got a spot on the red carpet, I will not probably not know. Sure. I think it will be a pretty Monday. big spectacle because it's at the Star, which is mm. our, our, our local casino. Uh, and that's interesting. I've never been to a premiere. Oh, haven't you? At the Star. The only thing I've been to at the Star is the Actor or Actor Awards, mm. of course, you know. So have you have they had pre- oh sorry yeah no have they had premieres ever before the last one no I think the only one actually I've ever been to was World War Z when Brad Pitt oh, came to Australia yeah, I didn't go to that I was away yeah no he he attended and what I think they do is when it's a big when there's either a lot of actors or um, a very very famous actors that needs more security they'll do it at the star. Because it, the red carpet setup is a little bit better for that. Yeah. Whereas if Easy you go, access points. Yeah, if and, you yeah. go to Fox Studios or George Street event cinemas, a little bit more closed in. And if you you got some high profile, it can be a little bit harder for security. Yeah. So I think that's why it's down at well, the start. I think EQ is pretty good. Entertainment quarter for that. Yeah, kind of I suppose thing, but... so. Um, the Great Gatsby premiere was huge. That about like half a dozen uh, cast members for that that film when it premiere i must have been not that must have been in my gap year i think oh pouring rain they had no contingency plan it oh, was no. the, the journalists the actors were all getting wet it was but they they went on with it okay yeah, went on with it so i'm going to go with um i'm gonna go with uh well, actually we haven't talked about itonia have you, you haven't seen that yet have you can't wait yeah i can't wait either i'm going to go with greater showman for this yeah i um i think I, that I, will I, win this one See, the three that I've seen, Get Out, Disaster Artist, Greatest Showman, are all fantastic, but totally different. Yes. I mean, even The Greatest Showman, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's fresh in my mind. it's Golden Globes, you know. They're like a big, you know, yeah. kind of film. Yeah, I but... would not be surprised. Uh, I'll, out of those three, I'll give it to Disaster Artist. Though. Okay. It's and Tonya could be there at the pointy end as well. But... Oh, for Margot Robbie, definitely, from what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, best performance in uh, by an actress in a drama. We've got um, Jessica Chastain from Molly Molly's Game, Sally Hawkins from Shape of Water, Frances McDormand from Three Billboards, Meryl Streep from The Post, and what's the last one? Michelle. Oh, Michelle, Michelle Williams from The Greatest Showman. Greatest Showman. Uh, no, no. Yeah, she's she's the wife. Oh, yeah, or did, she is Did too. she get nominated for something else? No, that's it. I forgot that she was in the film. It's rubbed out on my <laughs> little sheet here. List, yeah. I'm guessing, but um, no, Michelle Williams right. was she good? Hugh Jackman's wife. And, well, she sings, she performs, she's just as good and has some emotional scenes in well, it. I think Frances McDormand's got that in the bag, but we don't know really yet. I'm a big fan of Sally Hawkins. 
Yeah, in apparently anything. her role is great. I haven't that, seen so, yeah. this shape, The Shape of Water. A big fan of all of them, really. Jessica Chastain as well. But I think Sally Hawkins, uh, she's wonderful. So then we've got the actors. We've got Daniel Day-Lewis uh, for Phantom Thread, which I don't know too much about. I think that, is that Timothy Spall? I... Daniel Day-Lewis, Tom Hanks. Yeah, no, on the other page it's got, um, there's, sorry, there's, a, there's actually like a banner blocking some of the, um, the words there. Anyway, Good on you, Jay. Yeah, <laughs> I've got one job. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks, yep, for The Post, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel. I I think Gary Oldman's got to be right up there. Did you hear what he said after his, like, response after he got nominated for The Globe? No. He goes, well, I kind of feel like now I've been promoted. Because he's never been nominated before. Out of all those crazy. amazing movies he's done... And the chame- he's a bit like Meryl Streep, really, yeah, in a way. Method, he's a chameleon. Yeah, yeah method. And changes, oh, yeah, just, changes yeah. his... hundred percent. Um, yeah, he goes, oh, I feel like I've been promoted now with this because it's his first nomination. Well, how, um, I love Gary Oldman. How he didn't get nominated for The Professional. Yeah, is yeah the, that was his golden period with Immortal yeah. Beloved was another one he played Beethoven. That was yeah. just amazing. What about Dracula? Yeah, yeah, another... Like the Dracula movie was is good and some parts are not great, but he was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and well, no, no. Obviously, I've got to mention that she was in there. <laughs> uh, Daniel Day Lewis. I mean, it's tough. Tom Hanks. We've got some Hollywood royalty in this mm. modern ho- Hollywood royalty in this category. Best actress uh, for a musical or comedy. We got uh, Judy Dench for Victoria and Abdul. Margot Robbie for I Tonya. Uh, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, Emma Stone for Battle of the Sexes, and Helen Mirren for The Leisure Seeker. Uh, I'm feeling uh, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird, or Mar- even Margot Robbie for I, Tonya. Uh, well, I would go with Margot from what I know and yeah. haven't read. I'm really happy that Emma Stone has been nominated because that was pretty good movie. She was good in it, Battle of the Sexes. Mm-hmm. Um, Helen Mirren and Judy Dench. There's, I know. there's some royalty yeah, I know, <laughs> again. Right? Well, that, yeah, <laughs> it's just great. The Leisure Seeker. I don't know much about. Um, it's getting released in Australia. I think February. So okay. uh, way off. We yet. may not know too much might, about it. Yeah, know too much about it. But also, Christopher Plummer is in the Leisure Seeker. So there you go. Oh right. Yeah, I didn't know that. So then, my favorite category is Best Director. So we have uh, Guillermo del, del Toro for Shape of Water. We have Martin McDonnell for uh, Three Billboards, Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Ridley Scott for All the Money in the World, and Steven Spielberg for The Post. Now, speaking of royalty, holy shit. Oh, yeah. Del Toro, Nolan, Ridley Scott, Spielberg. Wow. McDonough is just uh, <laughs> not a ring in. But no. He must be looking around going, my name is around these guys. Look. Uh, Great compliment, yeah. Steven Spielberg, to me, growing up, was the bomb. Man, he yeah. was my favourite director. Went a bit wayward. The Post, I'm really glad to see he's been nominated for it. Uh, but Christopher Nolan, I don't know, man. I love Dunkirk. I cannot explain how much I really enjoyed Dunkirk. Yeah. But Ridley Scott has obviously pulled off a miracle here, you know, with the, with the, <laughs> with the problems he had with that movie. It could have easily got shelved and brought yeah. out next year or not brought out at all. Yeah. But he never he, seen the light of day. Yeah. The front foot forward. He's yeah. refilmed everything. He's re-released. What he has to kept it up to the deadline. 
And now, look, he's been nominated. So there's a feat in that. I'm feeling it's Del Toro or Nolan, to be honest. That's where I feel it is. You have a thing for Del Toro, I think. I do. Because of Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, no, I, I do. But no, no, I'm t- trust me. Del Toro's going to be right up there with Shape of Water. Okay. Yeah. I'm really, I really hope so. Yeah. Because it's, to me, from what I know of it and what I've seen in the trailer, it is not a award mo- movie that you would generally talk, yeah. talk about. Well, around we'll see time. when we watch it. Yeah. Do you know when you're going to watch it or you're not sure no. yet? Who's no. the release? Who's uh, distributing it? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, yeah. It is coming out in January, though. Right, okay. Yeah. So it shouldn't be too I think long. it's a New Year's Day release memory. So best performance by an actor in a motion picture musical comedy. we got Steve Carell from Battle of Sexes, uh, Ansel uh, Elgort from Baby Driver, James Franco from Disaster Artist, Hugh Jackman from The Greatest Showman, and Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Nice little batch of actors there. Yeah, I... Think Franco immersed himself. I think Franco's got this. How did Ansel, honestly, he? Oh, come how on. did he get nominated for that movie? Well, I think it was pretty good. He was good. Can you, but... can you please watch it again? We're talking about our Baby Driver, and Shane's not loving it. And I am giving it another shot because I have only seen it once. Yeah. And I didn't hate it. And Jay knows that I didn't hate it. But how did Ansel get nominated for that? Seriously, <laughs> I had a chance to talk to him and interview him when he was in Australia. Because obviously, you remember he came over to promote it when yes. Baby Driver first came out with the director, Edgar Wright, and Lucy, I can't think of the last name. Um, she was here too, the three of them. So, look, it was a good movie, but overrated in my eyes. I do need to watch it again for people out there angry <laughs> at me. But uh, I don't believe Anne. He's taken away a nomination from someone else, honestly. So we'll skip through a few of the yeah. uh, awards and we'll go to a couple of other awards of interest. So one for me is, is Best Screenplay in a motion picture is something I'm always interested in. And this one's, uh, we have Shape of Water, Lady Bird, The Post, Three, three Billboards and Molly's Game. What are you thinking there? From Maybe what the, I, I think Three Billboards. Three, yeah, Three Billboards. Maybe that's the award. Dialogue-driven film. What about the post? That's in with a chance on that one. Yeah, that's true. That's um, journalists mm. and a lot of uh, one-on-ones and group. Uh, the post could monologues. do a spotlight. Remember, the spotlight came up and. Well, spotlight was a to me a surprise winner. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It'd be a toss-up between the. I think the post might edge it out. Actually, now you've mentioned it. Looking at our best animated film, uh, we have the Boss Baby. The Breadwinner, Ferdinand, Coco, and Loving Vincent. So Boss Baby and Ferdinand are um, Blue Sky, Fox. Uh, Coco is Pixar, of course. And Loving Vincent. Now, do you know this film? I've yeah? seen it. Yeah, right. I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Probably a fairly tough watch, I would imagine. Um, but you would. Um, but the craft behind it is amazing. Saoirse Ronan, again, has yep. got a very nice, prominent part in it. Uh, the craft is what it's all about. Yeah. It's so, going to be tedious yeah. for some people who aren't prepared. But it's, it's an awards bait really, isn't it? Because what it is is they, they literally, uh, every frame in a movie, every, sorry, scene in a movie has a frame. <coughs> Excuse me. And what they've done with this one, it's, it's obviously paying tribute to Vincent Van Gogh, yeah? Yeah. And so every frame in this movie is hand-painted. Yeah. 
And so it almost works like stop animation. Mm. But that, but they've hand painted in the style of Vincent Van Gogh every frame. Think about that. Extraordinarily massive. So it's like fifty thousand pictures that they've had to paint. It's not Pixar. It's not computer computer animated. No, no it's hand. So. Hand. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So I actually think, maybe not for Golden Globes, but I think, um, I think it will be there for Oscars. Loving Vincent, and I think it might win. That's my early tip. I mean, Boss Baby isn't much uh, competition. (laughs) No, but... Um, But Coco is, I've got to say. I haven't seen Ferdinand. Uh, I hear it is pretty good, though. But How to Train Your Dragon 2 won a couple of years ago. I did, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think Coco is the obvious one there, being Pixar, but... um, Coco had me in tears, bawling my eyes out. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Bawling my eyes out. Oh, wow. And it's not for kids. It's a bit like how Inside Out, when that got released by Pixar, it was it was an original concept, yep. it was different, and it took some watching, if that makes sense, mm, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not straightforward. Um, the Day of the Dead, the Mexico uh, period and history is all, you know, done really well, and it's got a heartbreaking, heartbreaking story. Oh. It's very, very good, but very I, sad. I've seen probably about... Happy sad. Yeah, I've seen about 20 minutes of it um, a couple of times. Uh, What, the same 20 minutes? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, no. Because I went went to, it was a movie con, but then it was a Disney's presentation. So I've seen a lot of the same stuff. And I don't know, it's just not working for me right now. But the box office in America has been huge. But I can't help but think that that's that South American contingent. I'm interested to see how it plays out in Australia, given the yeah. fact that how many people know about Day of the Dead here. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. And I only yeah. do through movies, to tell yeah, you the truth. Sure, and that sure. opening scene from Spectre, Spectre. was in <laughs> Day yeah, of the exactly. Dead. <laughs> uh, but I think the music... I'm, I've never been into the whole mandolin, Mexican, um, that kind of mem... I don't know. I, I don't know what you'd call it. A mm. little bit not my kind of scene. But as a whole, the film is very well done. And I wouldn't expect anything less from Pixar. Oh, no. I'm sure it's brilliant. And I saw um, it with a... It was a there was one-off screening about two Sundays ago. I don't know if you knew that. They had like a family preview screening. Yes. It was uh, on a Sunday. Yeah. So I went then. Yeah. And... Everyone in the in the cinema that I was at, um, just you could you could tell they were getting into it, right, and then at okay. the end they were also sad and emotional. So, but I just think little kids might get bored. It's more for the a little bit older kids, yeah. up, maybe nine, ten up. Okay, yeah. But how can you be sad when everyone's already dead? No, that's a joke. I'm not going to say. <laughs> There's a lot to it about family. Yeah. Right. Um, was there any other category on here you want to have a quick look at or otherwise? Yeah, I'd like to there? mention the Australian, the Perth actress, uh, Catherine Langford, for a television show, 13 Reasons Why. Oh, yeah, of course. Netflix, Netflix. She was the main girl. Yeah. She's brilliant in that. She's, it's a pretty heavy, uh, pretty heavy series. Yes. And it also got a lot of complaints and controversy when it came out, and that's fair yep. enough. Um, but Catherine Langford is is pretty good in it. We've also got uh, Aussie Nicole. Yep, she's been nominated Big for Little Big Little Lies. We have Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman. Yeah, and uh, I Tonya Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yeah. yeah, nice little representation there. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention. Well, I, the, I loved her in Thirty Reasons Why. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah, um, that is one show I really wanted to. After hearing a little bit about it, thought I'd check out for myself hmm. and. It, 
it, there is a second season though, and from people who haven't seen it, it sort of ends, and you think, okay, they're going to do another one. How? How? <laughs> yeah, let's hope they don't milk it. But yeah. this particular season for Catherine Langford, I hope she gets a lot of other work out of it. So uh, the Golden Globes are on January the eighth. Is that correct? Monday the eighth Australian Monday, time. Yeah, sorry, and, and Sunday seventh US. Yes. Because we're 18 hours ahead. So I'll have my first champagne at about, I don't know, at 9 o'clock in the morning right. when the red carpet starts. Well, I actually arrive <laughs> off my 10-day cruise yeah. on that Monday, so I think I'll still be drunk. So that, <laughs> that's fine. I'll just keep going with the champagne. Right, well, that's it for, uh, for is that still just news? Oh, my God. <laughs> that's news. It happens, and we're moving on to, <laughs> we're moving on to box office predictions. Box office predictions. So this is a segment where we talk about the US box office and the Australian box office. But before we do that, Sean has this stupid competition going on uh-huh. where I've got to predict the box office of some films and then basically we score it. That's tough. Yeah, and the first to five, right? At the moment, it's 4-2. Now, like last week, he's not here this week to uh, host or drive his own segment. So I'm the boss of this segment. Good. So basically, uh, my choice is it now becomes four three. Anyway, enough of that. So <laughs> on to um, it's getting close. <laughs> on to uh, the top five U.S. box office. So number one again was Coco for the third week in a row. It's up to 135 million dollars. Still at 20, uh, 19 million dollars uh, for the last week, which was huge. We talked about that film earlier on. Justice League is number two again. Now fourth week uh, in its fourth week, it's tracking about nine point five million dollars a week. It's over two hundred and twelve million dollars. To put that into perspective, it'll probably wrap up at around the two forty two fifty. So it's a success. Well, is it? It has to be, has to in be that, yeah. with those numbers, well, even like, though critically it's been shamed and it had a bit of a slow start. Depends on how you measure success because mm, if okay. it costs you $300 million and it's the lowest DC entry to okay. date, is that a success? I'll leave that with you. Wonder is number three and has just crossed the $100 million mark and I'm so happy that that's the case. I love that film and it's great to see it's got massive legs and word of mouth. Totally agree. Love it. And it would have been a low-budget film, I would imagine, except for Julia Roberts' pay package. (laughs) But uh, other than that, uh, totally deserves to hang around the box office for a good few more weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. And and it's having a similar success in Australia, which we'll talk about in a sec. Now, we watched that together, actually, in the same cinema. We did, except I like sitting at the front. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, It was like, you just feel like having a warm hug after watching that film. I was bawling my eyes With everyone in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a beautiful film. Uh, Number four is The Disaster Artist. So that started with a limited release and now it's gone wide in its second um, week. And when I say wide, it's gone out to uh, 840 cinemas out of a maximum of, I think, about 4,000. So... Uh, still branching out, but it's at seven point nine million dollars. Smart, smart releasing. I think slow so. with yeah. a bigger turnout eventually because they're word of mouth, traditional word of mouth movie that's done very well. Yeah, I agree. And the wrapping up the top five is Thor Ragnarok, which is in its sixth week and still number five, and that's three hundred and one million dollars all up. So cracker, absolute cracker. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, look, I'll just say okay, Jay. Um, and now Star Wars is released, so uh, it's goodbye, Thor. <laughs> goodbye, everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so top five for Australia. We have Wonder at number one. How good is this? So it's at uh, $7 million in its second week and did $2.8 million. It only had a drop-off of 20%. Which is uh, that's great. Yeah, a normal drop off is somewhere between say, let's say fifty and sixty five percent. Dramatically, it'd be seventy percent. So at twenty percent, it's hardly a drop off at all. And the actual fact, I think that might even pick up over the uh, Christmas break. I hope cinemas well. still give it because there's so much mm. content coming out. I hope cinemas still give it a good run. You it know, deserves. two or three yeah. uh, sessions a day. I agree. I agree. Uh, Daddy's Home Two is number two in Australia in its third week. At uh, $9.8 million. Uh, Justice League is at number three at, uh, in its fourth week, and that's now at $18 million, $18.7 million. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express. And this one's really hung around. So it's in its uh, fifth week, and it's now at uh, $14.6 million. It's still one of the – I loved it. I still really think it might make my top ten. I don't want to confirm that yet, <laughs> but it's really – well, speaking good. of which, uh, I think our very next episode might be uh, the best of 2017. So I'm really looking forward to that, and hopefully we can get you along to that too, Shane. Um, I love lists. Yeah, lists. We all <laughs> love lists, right? Uh, so Thor Ragnarok is number five in this country, Australia. You know, seventh week, and is now at $34 million. Just incredible. And I thought I'd just put number six in there as well, and that is uh, Disaster Artist. Opened up at uh, just under a million dollars in its first week. And like America, it might actually have word of mouth. 22 screens in yeah. Australia. That's nothing. That's and nothing. look at the total it made. That's great. So, yeah, that's right. So it is like a virtual limited yeah. release in Australia. Yeah. And that's the Australian top five in box office. And now we move on to home entertainment. <laughs> Right, so Home Entertainment releases this week. Now, this is the week just before Christmas, right? So there's a lot of big movies coming out because we love to rent a movie over Christmas when there's nothing else to do or you're sick of your family or whatever it might be. I still think it's good value. People can still watch movies together, whether it be Christmas-themed or not. Yeah. And DVDs and Blu-rays are still a great present yeah. to give. Or you can watch a digi uh, rent it digitally, exactly. I love Blu-rays. I love Blu-rays. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, what we have coming out this week is Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle, which we have reviewed on this podcast and we've talked about a lot. Uh, that'll be quite big for rental. Uh, one that's uh, against trend is It. We also reviewed It. You were part of the It review, show. It just feels like it just came out. I know, it's, right? Has, it, has Warner Brothers fast-tracked it? No. Well, well, remember um, Windows these days are 90 days. That's yeah, three months. I suppose. But I would have, yeah, I guess they want the Christmas rush, but still yeah. they. It's also because it, it, um, it was on the cinema for so long, that particular Oh, one. that is yeah. true. It, it was an extended cinema date. Yeah. Um, so normally horror doesn't do that well for rental, uh, but I think it will be slightly different. And Dunkirk, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast already, which is also released, and that'll be a, how many times have you seen that? Three times. Three. Wow. Yeah, yeah one of the best movies of the year. Woo! Hands three down. Three times. I, honestly, I was so stressed watching that film. I know. I don't know if I can do it again. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> but it was intense. I really wanted the thirty 
five mil or was it 75 mil? I can't even think of it now. Um, 70. 70 mil. Mm. Um, I saw it twice in 35 mil and then the 70 mil, which was the special engagement in Sydney. Uh, George Street had it then. So it was in like a big, long cinema, uh, just the sound and having having it on film was just great. Intense. Uh, yeah, very intense. <laughs> and I, I loved it. I just hope the Blu-ray, which I don't know, might have some extra scenes because it was a short film. When you mm. think about it, it was actually it was quite which, short. And for Nolan, that's a bit unusual. But yeah. can I tell you, I didn't want it any longer. No, I, I wanted it out of that movie. That. Yeah. Like for all the right reasons. Yeah. Like I love this film. I think it's a masterpiece. Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> but man. it's just... That scene where he's standing there on the jetty and he turns uh, around and I oh mean, it really was high impact emotion. I and get, to be honest with you, we'll probably lose a bit on home entertainment. That, that is, is a film that yeah. we'll lose a bit because the sound in that film is amazing. Yeah. Sound yeah. editing, sound. It has to win Best Sound Editing well, at the Oscars. We'll reserve our judgment, but then I think... <laughs> I can't think of anything else will be even close. It'll be up there. Except for Transformers. No, I'm not even... <laughs> <laughs> um, We also have Lego Ninjago coming out, so that's the third entry into the new Lego blah, blah, blah. Um, good for kids, of course. Um, 13 Sins is a direct-to-video film. Yeah, I don't know this one. Yeah, so it's like a horror no one's in it. It's a director video, but it's a bit of fun. And the last one is uh, Three Night Stand, which is like a rom-com, again, a director video film yep. with um, Manuel Creaky from uh, um, yes. Entourage. I can, I can never say his name, uh, her name right, uh, yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Creaky, I think. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about from yeah, Entourage? She, she played um, some, Simone? No, um, what was her name? I, <laughs> his girlfriend. I know you're a big... Entourage fan, and I've seen many episodes. Uh, however, the movie I'm more familiar with than the actual series because I did watch the movie a couple right. of times. Yeah. Right. But the series was good. I, I don't, again, with TV, I don't have a chance to sit down and watch yeah. enough. But I have flicked over and channel surfed and st- stayed on it because they're yeah, full 20, of great actors. Yeah, 22 minutes and, you know, obviously yeah. it's our industry, And right? funny. But then yeah. Jeremy Piven, you know, like he's just, to me, he's the best thing about it. So that's home entertainment for this week, and I can't wait to move on to the next one, which is my top five. So welcome back to my top five, and this week I have a doozy. I can't wait to talk to you about our top five this this week. Ready? What is it, Jay? It is. I know you love the Oscars. We've talked about it already tonight. Obsessed. <laughs> Obsessed, yeah. So I thought, what better than have a look at the top five Oscar snubs in Oscar history? Ooh, that so what is does a, a snub mean? Mm, it is right. So it means that is there a film that should have got nominated for an Oscar or Academy Award that didn't? Is there a film or actor that um, was nominated for an Oscar or Academy Award but didn't win and should have? So that's what we're talking about here, right? So. Um, we also, the way we do this, Shane, is it's my top five, right? Yeah. There's no wrong or right. You yeah. know why? Because it's your top five. It's not mine, it's yours, right? It's mine and yours? It's mine and it's yours. So it's, yeah, not mine, it's yours. Sharing is caring. <laughs> so we, and the way we do this is we normally do a top five countdown, five, five, four, yeah. four, three, three, two, two, one, one. And we also, I'm, I'm also okay to have a few honorable mentions as well at Great. the end there, right? So, um, 
what do you want to do? Do you want to do you want to start with um, your number five, or would you want to talk about some honourable mentions? And what are you thinking? I'll go with an honourable mention. Okay, get the ball rolling. Just get a bit warmed up. Everyone bags David Letterman. He was a good host. I remember uh, laughing yeah. at my ass off yeah. at Oprah Uma. Remember that? Uh, uh, Oprah really. Uma. Anyway, he got bagged. <laughs> His one and only time as a host, and I can see why, because he basically brought his television talk show at the time Mm. onto the Oscars, and it didn't really, it wasn't really appropriate, you know. But um, I like David Letterman as a host, so there you go. What about, um, I'll do one of my honourables. I might go, um, what about Brokeback Mountain Lost to Crash? So Brokeback Mountain was nominated for Best Film. It was. Uh, and Crash came out of nowhere. Brokeback Mountain was favourite at the time, uh, Ang Lee. And Crash came out of nowhere, which was a Paul Haggis film, I think. Yeah, with It was. Great ensemble cast. Matt Dillon, um, Sandra yeah, Bullock. Sandra Bullock. And a good film. Yeah, I liked it, actually. But, um, yeah, out of nowhere, Crash won. And uh, for me, Brokeback was a bit of a – it was snubbed. It, it should have won. That was a surprise. We've had a few, not too many over the years. Yeah. We've basically stuck with the favourites. I mean, even last year with La La Land and Moonlight, you know, <laughs> Moonlight winning. Controversial. No, everyone saw that. I know, yeah. controversial. But with Crash, I really, I'm not, wasn't as surprised as many, hmm. put it that way. And Brokeback Mountain, as great as it was, I can see why Crash won. I really can. And I know people will disagree with me on that, but it was a solid film. Oh, I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. I just think, um, I, I, look, I, I think Brokeback was just such an Oscar-worthy film, I think, you know. Right from the word go. Yeah. It was made it was to win made Oscars to, yeah. and win awards. And it was a terrific, honest, really humane film. Hmm. Don't, don't get me but wrong. Maybe it was more about the acting, but I watched it recently it and uh, the cinematography is pretty special. I was going to say, I haven't seen it for a long time. Does it hold up? It holds up. Um, it's probably not as special as what I remembered it, to be honest. Mm. I saw it on the big screen and just went, wow. And I was, you know, I thought the acting was just superb and, you know, fell in love with it. But yeah, look, it's still great. It's still great. But it's a different kind of filmmaking, even though it was only, what, nine years old or ten years old now. But Yeah. Um, but then I've watched Crash recently. When I say yeah, recently, within the last 18 months yeah, or so. How's that and going? it holds up because of the... The relevant issues, yeah, they right. haven't changed. Right. You know what I mean? There's some pretty nasty things that happen in it. Yeah. Uh, don't, let's not, not forget, the, don't get confused with the David Cronenberg movie, Crash, yes. from the oh, early 90s. Nasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A totally different movie with James Spader and Rosanna Arquette. Yes. De- Deborah Cara Unger was also in it. But, uh, yeah, the, the Crash that won the best picture, I re- wouldn't say I enjoyed it. It's one of those movies that are hard to watch sometimes, but... It was solid. Yeah. I, I think it was an actor's showcase, and I can see, like I said just then, it can see why it won. And there's plenty of those story, um, movies where it's got multiple stories weaving into one timeline. And Yeah, Shortcuts was another one that I really enjoyed that mm. Robert Altman did that was, a, you know, 20 different characters and it all yeah. combined into one story. It wasn't up for, I don't think it was up for a Best Picture, but that's just an example of a similar thing. So, number five, do you want to get us started? Number five, uh, Mickey Rourke, losing 
uh, to Sean Penn for the wrestler, the wrestler and yeah. Sean Penn won for Milk. Milk. Now, it was either going to be one of the two because Mickey won the Golden Globe. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy that Sean Penn won in a way, but Mickey Rock, if you had told me five years earlier he was going to get nominated for an Oscar, he was... Down and out. No, oh, he, he was a butt of a joke. Done for, yeah, yeah. For so long. and But he got taken, a, Darren Aronofsky took a chance. Mm. And I know how good Rock can act. I've been a big fan of his for a long time through Thick and Thin, good and bad films. It's the spark was still there. Mm. Well, and, and then uh, he goes on to take Natalie Portman to Best Actress. That's right. Black Swan. Yeah. yeah. So I just think, yeah, that's my example. Um. Uh, not that I was unhappy that Sean Penn won uh, for Milk, but I, I just Mickey being at the Oscars was good enough. But I would have loved to have seen him win Best well, Actor. Well, look, I've got to. I'll jump into an honourable mention there because it leads into what you're yeah. saying about uh, Mickey, and that is um, Sylvester Stallone not winning for Creed. Yes, over Mark Rylance for um, Bridge of Spies. I hear you. So look, yeah, it's, that's an emotional, um, an emotional feeling. That one there, emotional thought. Yeah, I mean, because Mark Rylance was excellent in Bridge of Spies, right? And I don't, and he deserves it. But gosh, I would have loved to have seen Sylvester just get an Oscar. Oh, <laughs> you know, because his body of work is wonderful, and I, I know he, people think what they think of him, but you cannot deny that he was excellent in Creed. After eight films or whatever, he finally got this this act, uh, character down pat, and he was brilliant in that film. Yeah, I don't oh, care yeah. what anyone says. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. care what anyone says. I, I would, I agree with you. I would have loved to have seen Sly yeah. up there. So that was a bit upsetting. But he, he was good in Copland. Remember that? Oh yeah, that was another one that, that weight. Yeah, yeah, there was another one that he really did show his acting skills. I mean, he does get written off a bit too often. And, yeah. And, but fair enough for some of the stuff he has done. But Creed yeah. was a showcase of in, old school combining with the new Rocky. Yeah. It was really good. My number five is um, my number five is going to be uh, Saving Private Ryan losing to Shakespeare in Love. Okay, you've touched a nerve. <laughs> oh, you like Shakespeare in Love? I certainly do. Yeah, so do I. I really like Shakespeare in Love, right? But you think back in time now, in twenty seventeen, mm. and who's talking about Shakespeare in Love? Who cares? Except for you. Hang on a minute. I'll, I'll put it on every <laughs> now and then. <laughs> it's a great film, man. It Don't is. get me wrong. I, I was actually happy when it won. However, but it's Saving Private Ryan, like that movie was groundbreaking. Yeah. Forget about Spielberg for a sec. I'm not being a Spielberg nutter. That movie was groundbreaking and we still talk about it today. All these conversations I have with people and so many people go, oh, that, um, that opening scene of Shakespeare, of Shakespeare, of, um, of Saving Private Ryan, right? <laughs> no one's saying, oh, Ben Affleck in friggin' Shakespeare in Love, are they? Well, you know, well, that's funny because <laughs> I was talking about Dunkirk earlier, how much that impressed me, right? Yes. For me, everyone was talking about the opening of Saving Private Ryan being in your face, impactful, and, you know, that whole intense 20 minutes, whatever mm. it was, the storm of Normandy. Normandy, yeah. Well, to me, Dunkirk was that for 90 minutes. It was that opening. And, and, and a lot of people brought up uh, Saving Private Ryan that it, Dunkirk was like Saving Private Ryan at the beginning, only the whole film. And that's a good so way I to hear describe what you're it. Yeah, it's a good way to describe it. And yeah. it's taken. I could know, have even written it in my review. I can't remember exactly, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not knocking Shakespeare. I'm not knocking that at all. What I'm saying is, I think Saving Private Ryan is 
deserve to win that best picture. Well, of course, everyone, when they talk about Shakespeare in Love, talks about Kate Blanchett missing out on Best Actress because Gwyneth Paltrow won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, Kate was fantastic and, yeah, she may have deserved it, but I had no problem with Gwyneth. I thought she was good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I the, love Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, so do yeah. I. Yeah, I'm just, okay, yeah. so that's my number five. Number cool. four. Cool. All right, so um, Marissa Tomei won. For my cousin Vinny. Yes. And when Who didn't Judy Davis for, for husbands and wives. And when uh, Jack Palance read out the awards, because apparently there's a conspiracy theory here. Jack Palance didn't even o- hardly open the envelope. Oh, that wasn't when he did the push-ups, no? Yeah, yeah, it was. And he before he even said it, he said, oh, we've got four British actresses and an American. Now, he's already wrong because Judy's an Australian. He got that wrong, so... Yeah. He, he, what, straight away, I remember being a bit annoyed with Was Jack. he half cut? No. Oh, well, he was cut all right because <laughs> he was doing one up push up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he he didn't even read out the other nominees. He just said the winner is Marissa Tomei. Now, what? there's a conspiracy. Don't you remember this? There's a conspiracy no. theory that Judy Davis won and he just, and he ran just read the top, out. whatever was on oh the top or something. Whatever it was, or the bottom, yeah. I can't remember. But anyway, Marissa Tomei, I'd love you if you're listening. And I thought <laughs> my cousin Vinny is hilarious. Yeah, and yeah. She's gorgeous. She's, yeah, She's yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. It's the wrestler. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Judy Davis. Which is probably her best role. It would be one Close of to them, it. yeah. yeah. Um, but Judy Davis missing out on an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for Husbands and Wives, the Woody Allen film. Yeah, okay, cool. Nice. I like that. My number four is going to be this one. This one I'm, I'm torn with, but... But it needs to be mentioned. <laughs> mm-hmm. In 1994, Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction were nominated for Best Picture. Actually, this is on my list. Right. But I know exactly what you're going to say. And Forrest Gump won, right? Exactly. It's on my list too. Okay. Well, well you can talk about it a little bit more when, if it's higher up, right? Is that higher up for you, is it? No, it's the next one. Oh, okay. So we can talk about it. All right. Together. Well, so, okay. So here's my feelings. Yep. Shawshank Redemption is a fan favourite, right? And it's it's in everyone's top five films. So it wasn't it to begin with? No, no, true, right? So it, it was a bit of a cult, yeah. right? So well, that's probably why it wasn't there at the pointy end. Pulp Fiction created its own freaking genre. How often do films do that, right? Mm. And it was a masterpiece. But I'm here to tell you also that I actually really love Forrest Gump. I do. Okay. <laughs> but but I think Pulp Fiction should have won that year for sure. And I also think that um, in high insight, Shawshank, we, we know the film it is today and we all love it. Um, yeah, maybe it should have been higher up as well, you know. What's your opinion? Forrest Gump sucks. While I, while I get a beer, <laughs> hang on. While you're there, I wouldn't mind one. Yes. Uh, Forrest Gump, uh, I wrote it off for years. Saw it when it came out, never liked it, was pissed off that it won over the top of... More, more so Pulp Fiction because I saw Shawshank Redemption at the cinema when it was released. I was probably one of the few, but I did see it. Because I know it wasn't a box office hit, right? No, it only did um, three million or something here. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, I love Pulp Fiction, don't get me wrong. Another movie I saw at the cinema when it got released, always remember seeing it for the first time. 
at the old village twin. Sorry, guys, we got our rescue here. We're digging deep. <laughs> I saw Pulp Fiction when it was released at uh, the old village cinemas in George Street. Before it, now it is converted into like one huge cinema, uh, and people were walking out. I mean, wow. in different stages, but in particular when uh, obviously the needle went into the um, chest of Uma Thurman. That, be that as it may again, uh, Shawshank and Pulp are just amazing and I just got annoyed that uh, Forrest Gump did nothing for me. But maybe five years ago, it was I saw it on the big screen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, at my local cinema, event cinemas, they had like a retro screening of it on one of their larger screens. What and did I you thought, think? I'm going to go. I'm just going to check it out because I've never watched it on DVD or uh, VHS since. And I have more respect for it now. Okay, good. All Much right. more respect for it now. It's still pissed off that Pulp Fiction didn't win. But so what 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 did you like about it that you didn't like about it before? Because I know some of the effects are now outdated, but back then the effects were groundbreaking. I, I matured early, so I saw a lot of adult movies and, and subjects that before, you know, before I probably should have. So yeah. I did actually, when it comes to movies, mature early. But I think I might have been a bit too young. In, for in a gum? sense, no. for gum. Oh, okay. I just yeah, didn't get it. I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah, you know, I hear what you're saying. Um, the music didn't do it for me. The 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 historic moments I wasn't overly familiar with, and it just and Tom Hanks, it come off what Philadelphia, which I loved, mm. uh, and I don't know. I just didn't get it. And then now, having seen it as a f- adult and recent, more recently, I now do get it and think it's a pretty extraordinarily well-made film. Right, okay. Yeah. And and there's a film that you couldn't make today. They wouldn't take the... A studio would not take the risk on a film like that today. True. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. Forrest Gump isn't being made today. It isn't. Um, not to that scale that it was made, you know. I mean, Pulp Fiction was an independent film, Right. Yeah, well, yeah. Miramax and yeah, yeah, it was, yeah it's that's an independent true. film, Very so true. like they can take all the risks they want, and probably didn't cost that much money to make actually. Won the Palm deal. Yeah, one. Well, yeah, exactly. At uh, Cannes. Yeah. But um, look, I loved Forrest Gump at the time, and I still love it. And I remember where I was, who I watched it with, what I was eating, everything about it. It was that impactful for me. Um, I just loved the film. Now, I remember too, I was a big Robert Zemeckis fan at the time. And I was right into special Because effects. of Back to the Future or what else did he... Oh, Death Becomes Her was very yeah, good. Yeah, no, no. It was more Back to the Future. Um, not so much Death Becomes Her, but... Um, <laughs> but that won an Oscar. Yeah. For effects. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, that's, that's the only thing I, I liked about it, I think. No, look, it was okay. It was a dark comedy, right? Yeah. But I uh, was right into FX, so I was really intrigued on how he did all the things he did in Forrest Gump. Um, and and Pulp Fiction is a movie that takes a couple of times to watch to go, holy shit, this is this is amazing for me. Oh, it blew me away my first viewing. Oh, it did, did, oh, did it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I'd seen Reservoir. I'm I'm a bit older than you, so I guess I I just have seen uh, the Reservoir Dogs when it was first released at yeah. a little little cinema in Sydney, ninety uh, one. And that blew me away, but then when Pulp Fiction came out, that was exactly the same. It, I'll never forget the impact. Mm. Oh, look, I, and again, I can tell you where I was when I watched that too. I can. 
I was in the front row of uh, Macquarie Cinema. <laughs> front row? Yeah. It was packed. I love being at the front, but not generally the front row. <laughs> yeah, it was packed. It was so busy. But um, look, anyway, at the end of the day, with that particular listing, how spoiled were we there? Shawshank, Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction in one year. Great. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people, you ask a lot of people and they'll say Pulp Fiction was snubbed. Definitely. I agree. And that was, again, that was on my list. So you'll you go, up, you're well, up you next go, No, you go to your next one because I stole that one from you, I think. Tootsie. I, I walked around my primary school yelling out, <laughs> the winner is Tootsie. I just kept walking around saying it and I think the teachers thought I was mad. Hang on, what year was that? 83 80, or something? No, 82 because E.T. I was one was year old. Sorry. E.T. Um, well, I wasn't. I wasn't one, but I wasn't much older. I was only about five years older than that. Mm. I'm walking around going, the winner is Tootsie. <laughs> no one knew what the hell I was talking about. E.T. as well um, should have probably beat Gandhi. Gan- I'm always dirty on Gandhi because <laughs> it beat Tootsie and E.T. for Best Picture. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, was a it was always going to do that though, right? I was a weird movie kid. Oh man, we we um we owned a copy of Tootsie on Beta maybe or VHS, one of those. Beta. Yeah, and so because you didn't own a lot of VHS really or Beta, whichever. No, that was. no, I suppose. You only had like four or five of them lying around because they were quite expensive. So you just watched them over and over, and Tootsie was one of them. So I've seen Tootsie like twenty Love times. It. You know, it's very good. That's great. Yeah, and Dustin Hoffman was amazing. Um. Again, I mean, Gandhi's always going to be right up there from an yeah, Oscar point of view. When I look back at it now, obviously, that David Attenborough and yeah. Ben Kingsley are just mad, worked magic. Candace Bergen, Martin Sheen was in it. You know, it was an epic. It's one of those, not last, but one of those epics that harks back to Lawrence of Arabia and, you know, those Dr. Shivago and those kind of David Lean movies mm. that, that Gandhi was like that. Cry Freedom, David Attenborough did it again with Cry Freedom, another broad scale epic. But yeah, I was always, as a little kid, and I mean little kid, dirty on Gandhi, <laughs> and history teachers didn't like that because they didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> I love the fun you were running around going, Tootsie. Oh, yeah, in the tootsie playground. Win. Yeah. Yeah. So I had Tootsie <laughs> above E.T., but I would have taken E.T. to win too, but For neither sure, of them won. Right? E.T. is a wonderful film. I love watching that. It just takes me back to my childhood. Yeah, I've seen it a few times in in the last few years and it it holds up and I do love it. So my one was, um, my next one is, um, this one here I was so dirty on and and you'll get this when I say it. The next one was Martin Scorsese who hadn't won a freaking Oscar for directing films like Goodfellas, Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, King of Comedy. And then finally in 2007. After hours. Yeah, and he wins it for Departed, which, by the way, I love The Departed, right? But it's actually, like, it's not even his film. It's a, it's a remake of a, the uh, Korean, Korean I've film? got to make a statement where I've never seen The Infernal Affairs. Infernal, thank you. Yeah, thank I've you. never Korean, seen. I think it's Korean, yeah? Yeah, it's Korean. I've not seen. There's two, it isn't there? Infernal. No, it's not Japanese. I think it's Korean. So yeah, Infernal mm. Fairs and yeah, and, and there's a second one as well. Yeah. Uh, I hear what you're saying because obviously he's another, he's a bit like when Spielberg won for Schindler's List, it's like, oh, finally or whatever. But yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I disagree. I think the, the Departed is amazing. Oh, it is amazing. And even though he's reworked someone else's Oh, I, work, know. I love the film. I love it. But he should have won one earlier than that, in mm. my opinion. You he know. got nominated 
for Hugo as well, didn't yeah. he? Not long yeah. after that. I remember uh, I actually watched th- this particular Oscar in 2007 with uh, Sean, uh, the other... Now, Sean, our other drunk guy. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. And um, we were in like a – we booked out this yum jar restaurant. That's irrelevant to the story. <laughs> but when Martin Scorsese finally won the award for The Departed for Best Director, we're on opposite sides of the room. Yeah. And everyone was there. It was a full room. And we just started running towards each other, <laughs> like just so happy. And we literally jumped up in – imagine this in slow motion, although it wasn't. And we literally jumped up in the air and hugged each other, fell to the ground in excitement. Sushi went everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah. And we, we were just so happy because it was like, thank God, you know. Um, yeah, anyway, so I thought uh, my point there is he should have won one earlier than that. But No, it's a good point to make. You know, and I, I agree in a, in a sense. Casino, come on. Raging Bull. Raging know. Bull. Yeah. Taxi driver. How long do we have to go on? Yeah, I know. I hear what you're saying. But I, I think I actually think I that Scorsese was Scorsese, Scorsese was kind of ahead of his time. He always made a lot darker material and tried to push the envelope, right? And maybe there was times there where people the the Academy just weren't prepared to honour him because of the the Academy's material. a lucky dip. Yeah. You know, a little bit like the Golden Globes as well. They like I said before, a bit of a popularity contest now. It's taken more seriously now, the Golden Globes. It never used to be. It used to be just a party mm. and free-for-all. But now it is taken a bit more seriously yeah. as a guide to the Oscars. But then, you know, people can win Best best Actor Golden Globe and then not even get nominated for an Oscar. So it is, it's a lucky dip. What's your uh, next one? Oscar, sorry, Orson. Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Uh, Citizen Kane. This yes. Is, I, I know I've got a theme here, what's losing to another, you know, person or, or movie, losing to another movie, but How Green Was My Valley in 1942? And Citizen Kane is Citizen Kane. What can you tell me about How Green Was My Valley? Uh, well, no, Warren Beatty wasn't in that, was he? No, that was Splendor <laughs> in the Grass. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually haven't seen the film, but I, I know the film. But Citizen Kane, for crying out loud, how I, did that not win? I don't think. Maybe it's a little bit like Shawshank Redemption. I think yeah. when it got released, it didn't catch on. Yes. But it has since become, and a couple of Orson Welles movies that has happened to, Touch of Evil's another one. Hmm. Uh, it, um, I don't think it was a, a, as, uh, and it pissed a lot of people off because it was about Randolph Hearst, which it wasn't about Randolph Hearst, it was supposed to be, but it actually was based on the true story of the um, newspaper magnet. So maybe... um, It was a fight club of our time. (laughs) He had a way of pissing people off Orson Welles, didn't he? And that was his first movie. And he he blitzed it. It was awesome. And I love it. It's a flawless film. It's often in the uh, top ten or even top fives of most most movie connoisseur yeah. People, yeah. So I can't say that I've ever seen How one. Green Is My Valley. No, exactly. And right. I do love old movies, but yeah, I've never yeah, revisited same. that one. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that one. That's still, that just doesn't make sense to me. No. And Citizen Kane, when people say it's the Citizen Kane of... Ed Wood was the Citizen Kane of bad movies, you know? Like, that's because Citizen Kane was the the movie, mm. the best movie ever made. Well, mm. objection. Yeah, but yeah, debatably, it is. It's yeah. up there. All right, my my next one is um, I shake my head at this one. I just I don't understand. 
But just to remind all our listeners out there, in the year 2008. <laughs> Ooh, all, all those years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years ago. The Dark Knight was not nominated for Best Picture. And I know why that is. I'll just say that again, everyone, now that we know what we know. In 2008, The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, um, heralded as a masterpiece by critics and fans along uh, uh, together. And it is. And was not nominated for Best Picture. Was not. What's what's going on? Yes. Well, here we are in 2017 and Wonder Woman wasn't nominated for Best Picture at <laughs> Golden Globe. <laughs> and everyone, like, is saying the same thing. Not quite a masterpiece, but... Harking back to the Dark Knight, I totally hear what you're saying. And that's because, yeah. you know as well as I do, it's a superhero film. Right. So the big difference there, though, because that's a good point, actually. Um, the Wonder Woman's getting rave reviews and all that. But the difference is Wonder Woman is getting rave reviews because it's just a really entertaining and fun film that's done well. Right. The Dark Knight was like, and people were saying this at the time, it was like a, a um, godfather of superhero films and, and that kind of thing. And mm. and it, it wasn't a fun The godfather part it. two, when you <laughs> yeah, think about two. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, uh, It's not like a fun film. It's a serious film. It just happens to be created in the world of comics. But... Even if the Joker said, why so serious? <laughs> <laughs> it was serious. I, anyway, for it not to be nominated, looking back... Because mm. maybe you're right at the time, it was everyone was like, oh, I was comic, but... Um, That's because it's a superhero film. Yeah. There's been no superhero film ever nominated for a Best Picture uh, major award. What about Superman? No. I don't think so. No. No. Wow. I, I, that's what I mean. It, it's it, The day it will come, but that was the closest, closest it was ever going to get at yeah. this point, The yeah. Dark Knight. I mean, they were talking about Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, getting a nod this year mm. for a Globe. But, you know, Oscars is around the corner. I don't know if she'll get nominated. She will, yeah. And it is a great great film. Don't get me wrong. Yes, awesome. Whether it's good enough to be singled out as a, in the top five to be nominated in a Golden Globe Award, I don't think so. The Dark Knight, well, if you look at uh, a classic, he's looking at the IMDb rating system and that algorithm they have behind the amount of votes versus the amount of people who vote, blah, 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 right? Mm. And The Dark Knight is in, I'm guessing, but I'm pretty sure it's in the top 10, maybe top five films of all time, right? By their rating system. And that's next two films like Godfather, Godfather 2 and Shawshank Redemption. They're in the top three, right? And Dark Knight's within that thing and it wasn't nominated. That doesn't make sense to me. Now, today... Yeah. While we have this My Top 5 list. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I, it had all the attributes. Of course, Heath won his... Yeah, which was supported. posthumous one. Oh, yeah. that, that was awesome, man. And we've talked about that a lot on the podcast. He's, he was unbelievable in that role. But it had a great screenplay. Yeah. The cinematography was just... If you took Batman and the Joker out of it, it wasn't... A, and just put ordinary, you know... A, characters a, a, Characters in there. In there yeah. It'd be a thriller. Yeah. It'd be like a, an exciting, edgy-seat thr- thriller. Yep. But it happened to be a, a superhero film. A guy with a cape dressed as a bat. Without powers, <laughs> just money. <Yeah. laughs> What's your superpower? I'm rich. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like Christian Bale's Batman. I always like Michael Keaton's as well. I mean, that's another, mm, another totally whole right. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, no, I agree with you. I think that's a good one for the last one. Uh, well, that's my second last one. Have you got one oh. more? 
Oh, really? Do I you have know, honorable how many we're doing? Well, I can go with an, uh, an honourable mention. Okay. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix did not win for Gla- Gladiator, Best Supporting Actor. That uh, freaking annoys the shit out of me. I loved him in that role. Hmm. Loved him. He was like, well, I hated him. <laughs> but he was brilliant. Listeners, he just, uh, Jay just clamped his his fists <laughs> like Joaquin does in the movie. Yeah, he was so good in that role. Yeah, that's a that is a movie that is another one that I have um, better than sex movies, and that was a <laughs> that was a better than sex movie. Like the first time I saw it, <laughs> Seven was another one. Oh yeah, Seven you know, far the, out. the way I felt because I'm so into movies and I just get like drawn in. That's probably a bad way of describing it, but if I think a movie is just no, I think it's, I think that's a that's a new top five list. That's my that's next week's my top five, better than sex movies. <laughs> yeah, well, two, my top two or in the <laughs> top two would definitely be Gladiator and Seven movies that you see for the first time, know very little about, but you just go, you get blown away. Fight Club was another one for me. I mean, there's two Fincher yeah. movies, but better oh, than sex movies. I've only got a yeah. few, but there's three. I've just admitted. I uh, I remember where I was when I watched Seven, uh, who I was with, how I felt. I still remember to this day walking out of that cinema and exactly the emotion I felt after mm. watching Seven. Yeah. Uh, Fight Club as well. Uh, so I'm similar. I'm similar. Are we not allowed to like Seven anymore though because of Kevin Why? Spacey? Oh, fuck that. I mean... <laughs> the ref, just just as a coincidental time period, it's now very close to Christmas and The Ref is one of my favourite Christmas movies that I often tell people to watch at Christmas. <laughs> and, and Kevin Spacey's in it, so now I can't. I don't or know, man. I? Look, it's a weird one, you know, like... I'm not sure. Let's just wait and see what happens with him mm. first. Right. But it's a shame. But, I mean, he, but let's face it, he was brilliant in Seven. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Everyone you know, was. Everyone was. Everything was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've got one more from a uh, my, literally my number one. I'm going to join this together. Okay. And that is um, that because, you know, I'm a director guy, right? That's my thing, you know. That's my forte one in One of your movies. biggest traits. Yeah. So Alfred Hitchcock and Stanley Kubrick never won an Oscar. What the fuck is going on there? Other than a uh, honorary award. Yeah, well... Because Hitchcock got one of those. Yeah, but Kubrick never even got an honor, honorary award. No. So Kubrick got nominated five times and never won. Yep. Yep. And uh, sorry, sorry, Hitchcock got nominated five times okay. and never won. And Kubrick um, obviously did things like 2001, Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, Dr. Strangelove, blah, blah, blah. And never got, it's just, what's, that's crazy to me. I mean, you look back today, right? And, and here's a great one for me, but that's more a personal thing. Name your top five most influential, influential directors of all time. Just off the top of your head, go. Just quickly. Just Uh, whatever. Spielberg, Kubrick, Charlie Chaplin. Ah, man, um, I'm stuck. Uh, Hitchcock would be one. (laughs) Yeah. Hal Needham. Fincher. I think modern. Yeah. And uh, maybe even Nolan being contemporary. Yeah, Woody Allen. In we a have way. Woody Allen, yep. Yeah, yeah definitely. I love Woody Allen. I know I'm a bit biased there, but yep. um, Woody Allen. But that's it, right? Like there's a handful. Yeah. Maybe Luke. Oh, not Lucas, actually. I, I scratched that. No, no. It, only other than Howard the Duck. Yeah. Did you. <laughs> <laughs> or Willow. 
But you look back and you, you like I know in 20 years' time we'll be looking back going, this happened because of Nolan. This happened because of Fincher. Yeah. This happened because of Hitchcock. We do that now. Yeah. This, ha- this happened because of Kubrick. Sorry, Tarantino. Fuck, I can't remember. I can't believe we didn't say him. This happened because of Tarantino and so forth and so yeah. on, right? Those two guys are in that sentence. Scorsese is in they that are. sentence, yeah, right? They, they didn't get, they didn't win an Oscar. Mm. That's weird. Yeah. That's a good way to end because um, that is brought up a lot when it comes to uh, retrospectives. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You go back and look at their, your favourite five films from a certain director and then, but they've never won an Oscar or something, you know, like, at the, Oscars aren't won on box office either. You've no, got to remember no, that. No, no, no. You know, Crash, yeah, Crash a wasn't of... a big box office hit or anything. It just managed to sneak 100%, in. 100%. Yeah. Know? But the, a lot of those directors we just mentioned, in the, especially in their earlier days, did not have big box office success, you know. No. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg, I think, was very interesting when he won his first Oscar for Schindler's List. Yeah. And he'd be nominated for so many things. Everyone thought he was going to win for Colour Purple. Mm. That was his sort of close one, wasn't it? But Raiders of Lost Ark and, you know, and all those other movies. But you're right. Uh, you're right. Like, I think the only other one that's up. probably in that little um, conversation there would be Francis Ford Coppola, perhaps. Yeah. We didn't mention him. But... No. Uh, Godfather, Apocalypse Now. But he's, he's won, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But just, in, sorry, influential, influential directors. directors yeah, 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 yeah. That is tough. If I had more time, you know, we'd come up, obviously we'd come up with a few more. Of course. But off the top of my head, I think we've covered them. Well, the whole point of that is to the fact that Hitchcock and um, Kubrick are in that conversation. Well, Hitchcock, of course they are. It, people regard Vertigo as his, one of his greatest masterpieces, I Go as far as saying Rear Window or Psycho. Yeah, I'm more Psycho Rear Window as well, but I do appreciate Vertigo. Yeah. But there's so many times that I look at a film going, oh, that's inspired, like a film today. Hmm. And I look at it and go, that's inspired by Hitchcock. No word of a like. True? Well, Throw Mama from the Train was inspired by... Thousands of films. Strangers you know? on a train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything, anything M. Night does, Shyamalan does. Is, is yeah. I interviewed him once. Oh, did you? Yeah, he was not. It was interesting because I put it to him about his flops, <laughs> you know, especially like the happening. You know, does yeah. he listen to what critics say? And you know, have you lost an edge? You know, and, and I interviewed him for the visit, which it was basically his comeback movie yeah, when yeah, you think course. about it. Yeah, yeah he, no, he took it in his stroke. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he he's took a it smart in his guy. Stroke, he gets it, and it was a good interview. Well, he's a smart guy because he's reinvented himself after having those couple Split of flops. Was terrific. Yeah, oh, and he's nice. just wrapped up on glass and. Yeah. Right. Oh well, that's my top five. I'm pretty happy with that, Shane. You good? My top five was all right too. Yeah. All Our right. We're going to move on to. Shite impressions. Oh no, I'm dreading this. Welcome back to our new segment, Shane. You may not have heard this. I'm not sure if you listened to the last couple of podcasts, but we've got a new uh, segment called Shite Impressions. And do you know why it's called Shite Impressions? Because we've worked out that Sean and I are really shit at doing impressions. I'm right here with you. Right. so you. <laughs> I cannot do impressions. <laughs> yeah, you're in a safe room then. <laughs> exactly. So, look, I thought we, we talked a lot about um, Swinging Safari today and we, we had a little bit of a chat about um, The Greatest Showman. So I thought it would be nice just to honour uh, an Aussie, a fellow Aussie actor of ours that I know I, I love, I, I think you would like or love, and that's Brian Brown. Very, Probably the most much. iconic Aussie actor. Well, Jack Thompson. 
is yeah, probably I, one yeah, of that's the first one that came to yeah. my mind, actually, Jack Thompson. <laughs> but as I was saying, I'm like, hang on. One of the most iconic Australian actors uh, and, and certainly quite exportable too. He's done a fair bit overseas. And an actor and Americans do know. If you say the yes. name Brian Brown, they know him. But often if you say Jack Thompson, they're not going to know. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think uh, well, so. some of his claim to fame are obviously Cocktail, which is probably the most exportable US film. Uh, Australia, uh, Baz Luhrmann, uh, Two Hands, great little Australian film with uh, our wonderful Heath Ledger. Uh, Two Hands was terrific. Terrific, yeah, and Rose Byrne. And Breaker Moran, remember that? And um, Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward, yes. And uh, remember um, the FX series? Oh, FX, there was two FX movies? Yeah, FX, one and two with Brian Dennehy. Yeah, who was the... um, Along Came Polly. He was in that. He played squash in that with Ben Stiller. Oh, gosh, I can't remember that. I'm oh, sorry, I can remember the movie. I can't remember him in the movie. Brian Brown's in it. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So what we do here is uh, we do two lines each of, uh, of one of his uh, quotes in one of his movies and we basically really, really do a bad job of it. And so do you want me to go first or do you want to rip the Band-Aid? No, you go first because... Um I'll follow your lead, and I have a feeling it might have a cocktail flavour about it. Yeah. <laughs> I love Cocktail the Movie, by the way. So do I. I, I can tell it. you where I saw that the first time, and I know it was in 88 when it got released. I have the vinyl soundtrack to this yeah. day at home, and it was just cool. It was one of those movies that I was at the right age, I think, and I just loved it. Wanted, wanted to be a bartender, I think. People, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people signed up to be a bartender after yeah. that. Elizabeth Shue was a bit shortchanged in that film, though. Her character, yeah, I, um, I liked it. But Kelly Lynch played uh, Brian uh, Brown's yeah. wife or girlfriend. Doug's wife, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. it's one of the for me, it's one of the most rewatchable films. If ever I just want to pop a movie on, like that's a movie that always comes to my mind that I could easily throw on, you know, three times a year. Directed by a Kiwi, Roger Donaldson. Oh, yeah, Roger Donaldson. I didn't know he was Kiwi, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I interviewed him recently for a movie he did called McLaren. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He also, yeah, he's directed some really good stuff. He has. There's one that comes to mind. It was a disaster film. What was that movie he did? Um, Dante's Peak. Did he do that? I don't think it was Dante's Peak, but it was like that. Okay. Um, The Core? No, I can't remember. He did Cadillac Man with Robert Williams. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, all right, let's uh, all right. Let's not waste any more on, time. Brian. I know we're just trying to buy time here. So <laughs> for those who are listening outside of uh, Australia, Brian Brown has got the most ochre, what we call ochre, Australian accent known to our country. <laughs> he doesn't bother trying to do the American accent no. even in American no, movies. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So my first one will be, it is actually from Cocktail. <clears throat> Beer is for breakfast around here. Drink will be gone. That's all right. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Whenever I listen to this back, I'm like, oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, what have you got? Have you got a line? Another from Cocktail. Stick with me, kid. I'll make you a star. Nice. He says except, something. Except that sounded like me, not Brian. <laughs> 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 I promise I'll try and go more awkward on the next one, Jay. All right. Uh, I've got one more. Where will I go? I like this one. <clears throat> you see, there are two kinds of people in this world, the workers and the hustlers. 
The hustlers never work and the workers never hustle. Hmm. I warmed up to that. <laughs> it, it, if you hadn't seen Cocktail before, this is not making you really want to see it, is it? <laughs> the luck is mine. The luck is gone. The brain is shot, but the liquor we still got. That's all right. Thanks, man. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, that, <laughs> that's another week of shite impressions. Two guys and the bucket. Right. So we're... <laughs> I can't wait for this segment. <laughs> now, I think you've been involved in a two guys in a bucket before, Shane. I think... Once uh, before, yes. Yeah, maybe around the Halloween special we yeah. may have pulled a word out of a bucket and you were, <laughs> you were there for that. So um, you want to just jump in? All right. Let's see what the word is. I'll just get my word out of the bucket. A lovely bucket. <laughs> it's like raffle tickets. It is. What have we won? Let's see. You ready? All our listeners are waiting in anticipation. Sorry. In anticipation. <laughs> what movie? Come up to the lab ah, and see no. what's on the slab. Shane's all over I it. Know. I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. Rocky Horror. All right. The word for today is singer. You mean like the sewing machine? Yes. There you go. S-I-N-G-E-R. Singer, as in I am a singer. I am a Brian singer. Ooh, that's a bit on the nose. It is at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about him now? Fuck him. Um, (laughs) Speaking of which, though, let's talk about him for a sec. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. A lot of people won't know about this film, but... Brian Singer, the director behind X-Men, blah, 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 is currently direct, was currently directing uh, a movie called Bohemian Rhapsody, which is all about the uh, life and times biopic of the wonderful Freddie Mercury from Queen. I think it's a set during a period of time of yeah. Freddie Mercury right. and Queen. Yeah, I don't think it's an actual whole biography, but either way, he was directing it. And it seemed like a bit of a passion project for Singer. Mm. But um, so what's happened, um, and I'm, I know you're all over it, but what's happened, guys, is um, Brian Singer went for a bit of a walkabout to start with over the um, like two, two, three weeks ago. And he was just having problems on set. He was arguing with um, the main actor who's played by um, Malik. Malik uh, I can't ever say his name properly, but yeah. he's in Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, wonderful actor, and he's playing Freddie. And th- anyway, there was rumours of the them. Museum. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the sequel, right? No, yeah. both. Uh, he could have been in one, but I know he was in two, definitely. Yeah, so there was rumours that uh, they had been fighting on set and all this jazz. Anyway, so Singer goes walkabouts, studio gets a little bit panicky, and um, all around the Weinstein time as well, of yeah. course. And then a week later, Singer gets replaced as director and... Um, and by Dexter Fletcher, yes, who is uh, an actor in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Right, he's actually one of the actors in that mm. movie. And since then, there's been uh, accusations that Brian Singer has been doing some, you know, predatory advances and all that bullshit that's coming out. So, 
anyway, uh, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, so we won't talk about Singer, but uh, I actually am really quite keen for that movie, though. I'm very oh, intrigued. Yeah, totally. yeah. Soundtrack alone, you know, is going to be right, just brilliant. Right. And like I said, I think it's set during a, pers- a period of their uh, their fame, leading up to the Live Aid concert. So Whoa. that is apparently it's not a whole biography of the band. It's just like a maybe a ten year period or something okay. that it's covering. So yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And I'm not sure Dexter Fletcher. As a director, I know he's done some stuff, but I always remember him from Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and the Rachel Papers with Ioni Sky. Well, I think the... Um, from the 80s. The uh, Have you seen the picture of uh, Romy Malik that, That's his name, as yeah. um, Freddie Mercury? Uh, only stills, yeah, some right. stills of him, yeah. Yeah, he looks amazingly like Freddie Mercury. Oh, so, perfect yeah. choice. Perfect yeah. choice, yeah. Yeah, he's got that look. Do you think that Romy would be miming or uh, miming the Queen's songs or singing himself? Because, you know, they want natural. Yeah, I don't really know, to be honest. Um, I'm going to su- think, I'm going to suggest that he's actually singing, okay. but I'm not sure. I mean, it's pretty Remember, bloody hard. Remember, there's a stage show, We Will Rock You, so yeah, uh, Queen do license out their songs for certain Hard guide to you know, imitate, right? But, um to mimic. So what else? Singer. What else have we got in Singer? Let's get off Brian for a while. Um, what about, um, do you remember one of my favourite scenes? I'm a Corey Haim fan, right? And we've talked about it many times on the podcast. Do you remember the scene in um, Lost Boys? I love Lost Boys. Remember when he's shampooing his hair in the bathtub? <laughs> he's like, I ain't got a man. I ain't got a soul. We ain't gonna do it. Remember that? I do. Yes. Singer. <laughs> a stretch, I know. It is a miming <laughs> stretch. It's a bit um, of a stretch. Look, why was that scene even in the movie? Because um, Nanook, the dog, was coming up the oh, stairs. And, yeah, okay. And Michael was, um, his brother, I think, was out. Side the window, maybe that's right. That's the door. He was flying, yeah, yeah. And the nook was like, point, yeah, the nook okay. was um detecting something wasn't right. What a great name <laughs> for a dog, the nook. Well, there's always questions asked why Corey uh Haim had a uh, Rob Lowe poster in his bedroom in that movie, and Joel Schumacher <laughs> answered that question. Oh, what did he say? He said, Well, I just made San Almo's Fire with Rob, and he was hot at the mo- at the time, mm. so I p- put it in. It was him that set dressed it. It had nothing to do with um, anything else. Well, apparently. I mean, the funny thing is, um, uh, you know, I agree with that. Rob Lowe was hot at the time, but, you know, I, I didn't really understand that Corey Haim was, you know, um, was gay at the time. You know, but it's only coming out now. It's but... only coming out now if you people were looking into those kind of things. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was interesting that uh, Joel Schumacher decided to put a Rob Lowe yeah. picture on the wall yeah. because he just worked with him. <laughs> I, I, it's funny. I, I watched um, uh, San Elmo's Fire only, I think it was a la- uh, week before last. It's another movie I watch on a regular basis. It's good, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, like real drama. Yeah. Just love that, um, that era of actors and... Um, who do we have in that one? How about that um, Billy Idol wall that yes. they have in the apartment? How crazy, that? right? Um, Andrew McCarthy was just massive at the time. That's right, Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was massive he was at the, the time. Writer. He was a writer. Yeah, he was the gay writer. 
Was he gay? No, no, no. He wasn't Tell gay. Tell me he the was, meaning of life. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was infatuated with um, Ali Sheedy. Well, Ali Sheedy, yeah. Because yeah. she had the pearls on, remember, yeah. when they slept together. That's right. Do you remember him in a movie called Anne Roblo called Class? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Jacqueline Bissett. Yes. How good is that movie? I love that movie. Well, maybe 981, but I think it was more 82. I can't I remember. I love that movie. Yeah. John Cusack, uh, too, was in that. Very small role. It was one of his first roles. Oh. John Cusack was one of the uh, students. So like a student. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, and obviously at that time they did, what else did they do? They had obviously, you know, I love Rob Lowe's Youngblood. Youngblood, young blood, yes. How good was that? <laughs> ice hockey. You don't have to know anything about ice hockey, but no. it was good. Well, I love ice hockey and... And uh, Bad went for, I went for a skate yesterday, actually. I didn't tell you about what I did this week. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And uh, what else was there? There was Mannequin. Yeah, Mannequin. I feel like I'm missing something from that era of those With, guys. Lesson Zero. I guess I was Spader. Yeah. That was more Spader and, and Robert Downey, wasn't it? Yeah, Jamie Gertz from Lost Boys was in that. Was McCarthy in that? Yeah, Andrew yeah. McCarthy was Clay in that. Yeah. I really want to watch that film again, but it's hard to get. Hard I've, got, to I've got a copy. Have you on yeah. VHS or DVD? DVD. Okay. I might have to borrow that one. Yeah, I will. I'll lend it to you. <laughs> uh, I would love a VHS copy because it would yeah. be worth a bit, and I have a hell of a lot of VHSs, but not that particular one. Yeah. Uh, I saw that in 87 when it was released at the cinema in the Evoca Theatre, actually. Oh, no way. Yeah. It was actually part of a midnight marathon. I think it was the third movie out okay. of four films, something like that. I think uh, we're off topic here. We which, are. No, no, but that's the name Cine- of our show, right? <laughs> but hang on, I think one of the, I think the, the, if you had to name one eighties film that has really stood the test of time. Oh no, you can't do that too. You me. can't put that on you. Is that too much? Just one eighties film. Yeah. Ah, uh, The Breakfast the, Club? Yeah. So that that's where I wanted you to go and you went there. I'm glad you did. So that is the one film that really, really stands the test of time. You can watch that today. My daughters are big fans of that film today. Right? Your daughters are cool and they've got good taste. But <laughs> yes, that is an awesome film, of Lost course. Lost Boys actually does stack up. It's it's not a slow movie. It, it's quite fun. It's a bit, um, the music is a bit 80s. I but... don't know. I disagree there. I have rewatched Lost Boys recently and I, I just still love it. I still mm. like it. But it doesn't quite grab me. Oh, no. For me, I'm still um, really there. But yeah. Okay. Very close to me. You know, Corey Feldman, Corey Hayne. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, Stand By Me, of course, that, that still plays drive. well. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> well, you're talking about the Corys, that's all. <laughs> um, but I think you gotta, you got to kind of hand it to Breakfast Club, don't you? Oh, that's Because Pretty in timeless. Pink and 16 Candles, they're, they're good, but they're a little bit, how you doing now? Yes? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, Some Kind of Wonderful is one that gets forgotten about, too, a little bit, John Hughes. Yep. And, and it is Fantastic. Like mm. you need to revisit that, mm. Eric Stoltz. But The Breakfast Club, because of the way it's uh, the dialogue, mm. the, where it's set and what um, happens in it, it's it's just timeless. Yep. It, it could be made now kind of and it would still, you know. Well, if they ever remake that, I'll lose my shit. It's one that I, you know what, always, <laughs> I've always hoped or not hoped, but always wondered why they didn't do a, not a remake, but Breakfast Club the next day. Yeah. Because that was a Saturday on the Monday. 
just to back show their movements yeah. back at school and if they would talk to each other because that's where they leave it. Are we going to talk to each other? You know, Probably not. Probably not. But we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that always wondered why there was never a follow-on from it. Um, what about, maybe there shouldn't be. What about traditional? We're talking about singer back on singer. What about traditional things like singers in movies? I mean, there's been a bazillion over the years. What's coming to mind? For me, it's maybe um, like Jamie Fox, Ray, best actor. Yeah, totally deserved. Great, yeah. great performance. Biopic of Ray Charles. Yeah, and loved it. Mm. And I think uh, Jamie Foxx is a terrific actor, but he really did stretch his abilities oh, in that. He like Will Smith. He, well, he, Jamie Foxx was the same. He did some uh, R&B, some hip-hop yeah. stuff and made charts, but he really did outdo himself with Ray and... Um, what about um, another one with singer, direct singer? It would be um, Joaquin Phoenix as uh, in Walk the Line Johnny as Cash. Johnny Cash. That was bloody brilliant. Another brilliant. Like you buy the soundtrack, which I've mm, got. Mm. It's not Johnny Cash. It's Joaquin Phoenix on the soundtrack. It's really Is good. that right? Yeah. And, yeah, I knew he did sing his own. And, and Reese sung her Reese stuff as well. Reese Witherspoon did. Yep. Yeah. And she won the best. Uh, and she won the Oscar for that. Yeah, she did. Yeah, I mean, you know, Wacken probably should have won the Oscar for that. Speaking of which, right? Sorry, he didn't, did he? No. No, Wacken didn't. Only Reese. So he didn't win for her. He didn't win for the Walk the Line. He didn't win for Gladiator. Cripes. He didn't win for... I forgot about her. Yeah, yeah. He didn't win for a more recent film. Was it Legend? No. um, The Master. The Vice. He is a brilliant actor, man. Have you seen... There's another movie coming up that he's in. He's like a um, a hitman. Have you seen the trailer for this? <laughs> I'll find out what I it is. I vaguely remember it um, being spoken about, but no, I haven't seen the trailer. Do you know someone who we haven't mentioned, and I want to see what your reaction is to this. Hmm. Uh, he was in no other movies, this one movie. He was handpicked, and it was a huge musical film from the early 90s. He was a singer in a band full of, there was 20 of them in the band. It was a big ensemble, maybe not quite 20, but it was a big group all Mm -hmm. playing different instruments. Mm -hmm. He had long blonde hair. It's a European movie. (laughs) It was a massive hit. It had two soundtracks, volume one and two, and it was called (laughs) The Commitments. Oh, The Commitment Tits, more like it. Andrew Strong. <laughs> oh, the com- I love the commitment. There you go. Andrew Sorry, Strong, I was a bit slow there. He has not made another movie. Never. You know, and that oh, was wow. 91. Wow. Alan Parker handpicked him. You know, probably, I, think, I guess he handpicked the whole cast. Irish group that well, played the, the, uh, the beauty of that film is Street. the cast. Yeah. And they're just so raw. It was a great film. Oh, and it, great. It, it does hold up. And I just wanted to mention it because I'm not sure if you remembered it. Oh, man. It's one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. I love that film. Haven't thought about it for a little while. And I introduced it to the girls um, probably... Oh, really? Five years ago. What they think? And, well, you know, it's one of those movies that gets better the more you watch it. Mm. So I think that probably needs to probably go back there again. But oh, I can always remember. And it's still... I've on. seen it probably, honestly, honestly, I've probably seen it 15 to 20 times. No word, no word yeah, of a lie. I'd be the same. Mm. But not recently. 
I haven't actually revisited it for a while. For a little while, yeah. And I'm over Mustang Sally. If I hear sure. Mustang Sally, and I love the commitments, don't get me wrong, but if I hear it on the radio, it gets switched off because <laughs> I've heard it a hundred thousand times. Yeah, that Wacken Phoenix film that I was talking yeah, about. What is it? It's called You Were Never Really Here. Yeah, I don't know it. Mm. I haven't heard um, it. And he plays like a hitman. Okay. The trailer's really well, and, and apparently he's like, like normal. His performance is always great. Oh, you never really hear him. He might be a spirit or something, is he? No, 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 no. He's, he's a real dude, but I think it's more like. Um, he was never really there when he killed someone. You know what I mean? He's that good at so it. It's not like Sixth Sense. No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. He's like a shadow in the night cool. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love the. I'm so glad you mentioned Commitments. I freaking love that film. Um, so many great characters, you know. And, and it was ma- it was a massive hit. Massive. Hit. Uh, Alan Parker had done Angel Heart. Yep. Before it, and he he also directed Pink Floyd: The Wall. Right, Alan Parker. Yeah, yeah. so he knew his music. You know, obviously Angel Heart wasn't musical, but Mm. Pink Floyd, The Wall and The Commitments. The Commitments was a, they toured. I mean, he still tours, Andrew uh, Strong. He still tours now. He's done solo albums and he still play. he goes around the world playing Commitments songs. He's bald now. He hasn't got the long blonde hair anymore. Right, really? (laughs) No. He was he was unbelievable yeah, in that role. Yeah, he's one in that one one and only even, film. Remember, remember even the security guard. What was his character name? Oh, right? I, I, like it's been a while, but yeah, something so, like that, you yeah. know. And the girls are great, and oh, it was just beautiful, man. I love that movie. Now, speaking of, I want to keep on the um, singer thing. Yes, I'm just going to mention a few movies to you. Yes, all right. So we talked about um, talked about Walk the Line. Great. We talked about uh, Ray. I'm just going to mention a few more singer films, okay? So more like biopic style. I'll keep my I'd like to talk to about <laughs> No, no, no. I'd like to talk about musicals as well because I think, you know, singing and all that, I think we should go there. Could be top five kind of stuff, whatever. But let's stick to singers for a sec or biopics. I'm going to mention a few. Doors. Good. Really good. La Bamba. Made Me Cry. Richie Valens. Uh, jazz Singer. Do you remember that? Oh, when I was very young on mm. TV, uh, Neil so, Diamond. Are you talking about or yeah. Al Jolson? No, the Al, well, Al Jolson, but there was, was a Neil Diamond. There was a Neil Diamond. Way. That's the one I was straight away thought of, 1980. That's the one I remember because I remember oh, yeah, seeing seen, Drag yeah. to that as a little kid with my mum to see it. But I, I don't remember it, but I know yeah. I was dragged to see it yeah. and Can't Stop the Music. Both yeah. in 1980. <laughs> or maybe Jazz Singer was 79, 80, but Can't Stop the Music was 1980. Village People. Yes, Village People. La Vie en Rose. Oh, terrific. <laughs> Marion Cotillard, yeah. Yeah, she won the Made Oscar for that year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The Bodyguard. <laughs> God bless her soul. I do a radio show once a fortnight and I play <laughs> songs you from wore, the Bodyguard. You wear that out. out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I recently saw the uh, musical The Bodyguard at the Lyric Theatre. Did um, it work? Oh, it worked big time. Oh, did it? Oh, it didn't expect it to. Okay. Loved it. Good. Because they actually did they did the Bodyguard soundtrack, but they also introduced other Whitney Houston songs. Oh, into the and, story. Okay. Yeah. And and Paulini, who played Whitney, she, she was just amazing, even though she's got other legal shit going on at the moment. But, yeah, she Has was... Has she? I don't yeah. know anything about... She was unbelievable because okay. she acted... And also sung. And we all know that when you see someone trying to perform a Whitney Houston song, it's like tough, you know. I love Kevin Costner too, so I'm a bit I biased. love that movie. 
Yeah. I love that. And that's another movie I can go back and rewatch any time. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Really good film. So, you ready for it? I'm ready. You want to start talking maybe, because I don't mind a musical. You haven't brought up Rocky Horror yet. I don't mind that. <laughs> I don't mind a musical. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I just, re- if it's done well, I used to find them quite boring or something way back when. But, but now I just, I, I don't know, I just get into them, you know. And um, so I, I think, you know, earlier films like Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge really kind of, Showed me, hang on, it's, there's a little bit more to this. And my, I was just telling you before at dinner, but uh, my wife brought me into, you know, uh, older classics like um, Singing in the Rain and Sound of Music. My Fair and Lady. My Fair Lady. I was forced to watch them. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so glad she did that because I, I, I have a, a great appreciation for them now. And um, I look at modern musicals like anywhere from um, uh, Chicago to... Um, uh, Rock of Ages or um, Hairspray or I'm missing one. Um, what's the um, what's the one that's with uh, Dreamgirls, right? Things like that. Well, I agree with all of those except Dreamgirls. The, the reason why I mentioned Dreamgirls. Couldn't get Girls, into that at okay. all. Like, well, Eddie Murphy, of course, I'm a fan of. The reason why I mentioned Dreamgirls but, is it probably has, and she won the Oscar for it, the best, oh, one of the best mm. Music sequences in any film ever made, mm. I think, which was Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, um, no, it wasn't Vanessa Hudgens. It oh, was, sorry, um, it was um Hudson. Sorry. I can't think of the first Jennifer. Name. Jennifer. Jennifer sorry, 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 Jennifer. Completely different. Vanessa was High School Musical. She was. <laughs> yeah, a little bit different. Yeah, so Jennifer Hudson did the the that number that she won the Oscar for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which like, was a surprise too, apparently. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, there's not many. There's not many. Too many other musical scenes that move me more than that particular scene in any musical ever. What about the opera scene in First, uh, the Fifth Element? That was a lovely <laughs> yeah, opera scene. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I love the Fifth Element. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I I've only seen Dreamgirls once. Didn't like it. Right. I, I was not a fan, but. Look, it's not the easiest watch. I agree. Mm. But that particular scene is unbelievable. And that song, I can't remember what that song's called, but wow, it's just Eddie amazing. Murphy being nominated for awards <laughs> <laughs> during yeah. that period was a surprise to a lot of people, but he was very good in it. He was good in it. So you, what, what do you think of, um, what's your thoughts when I say Grease? Uh, I... Didn't like it at school because every time it rained and we couldn't do sport, they threw yeah. grease on. <laughs> so it got pumped into my brains. But now as an adult, I actually like grease and grease too. Oh, hang on. Did I just hear that right? Yeah, did you did. just say I like grease, grease too and... needs to be revisited because it is not as bad as you may think it is. No, I've revisited not long ago actually oh, and it's hated tough. It. <laughs> the opening scene's great. Michelle Pfeiffer and who's the guy? Maxwell Corfit. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I I actually think it's a bit of it's it's fun. Yeah, I I didn't mind it. Watching it again recently, but I know it doesn't compare to the original, so I'm not not comparing the two. I just think it's fun. This is like be like staying alive to yeah, Saturday okay. Night Fever. Yeah. Staying alive is okay on its own, and it's not a good film, but it's mm. still 
energetic and yeah. has some okay songs, but you compare it to it's a ri- the original Saturday Night Fever. No, no Nothing. comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's fair enough. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um. So go back to sound and music. What is your feelings on that? A uh, very good. Okay. Yeah, love love Julie Andrews. She's yeah, that, that was one of my wife's favorite films of all time when I first met her. Okay. So <laughs> uh, I was under duress. I was watching it like multiple times. Again, I saw it a lot as a child, mm. probably on TV with my grandparents. So I, I haven't watched it recently. Oh, look, I, I, it's a I classic, right? It. It's an absolute classic. <laughs> yeah. What about, um, let's go a little bit more modern. What about uh, now? Thank God. <laughs> no, not quite, not quite modern, full contemporary yet. But what about Sweeney Todd? Uh, uh you mean Depps? Johnny yeah. Depps? Yeah. Oh, great! Yeah. Loved it. It lasted a week, maybe two at the th- theaters. It, yeah. it flopped, but it was great. And um, have you seen that more recently? Uh, bits and pieces when I've been channel surfing mm. on Foxtel, but I loved it at the time. But I haven't. I, I don't think I've literally seen it since its release. I bought the DVD, uh, the Blu-ray, maybe a few months ago. I just worry how it holds up, but I'm sure it's okay, right? Yeah, what a Burton. Yeah, Helena about, Bonham Carter always, you know, does it for me. I think she's cool. What what's your, what's the first thing that comes to your head when I say I know what, what what this will be by the way, but what's the first thing that comes to your head when I say the words "Mamma Mia"? Here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the sequel. You were going to say Pierce Brosnan, aren't you? No, I was going to say oh. Meryl Streep. Well, we all know how great Pierce sings in it. Yes. But, but I know you love Meryl Streep, right? Uh, and well, so do more I, than you but, know. Yeah. So you love the fi- you love the film. I I wouldn't say I love it. Oh, okay. I, I I do like it. Yes. Um, but yeah. you'd take Ricky and the Flash over that, would you? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> she also sings in Ironweed and Death Becomes Her. Um, maybe. No, I don't know. I like Ricky and the Flash. I think it's underrated. It's not, not great by any means, yeah, yeah, but it yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. Um, no, I think Mamma Mia is... is ex- I think you know who is really impressive in that? Amanda Seyfried. Yes. She's so good in it. Yeah. She's oh, look, really it's fun, good. right? It's just fun. Yeah. Um, what a great soundtrack. I was just take, uh, talking to my wife about it this week and... She was saying something about um, ABBA is considering touring again, but they're doing it through... Um, holograms. Holograms, <laughs> yeah. Have you heard this? Yeah. Because they've been offered like over a billion dollars to tour, but one of them, of the four, is Anita. afraid of flying. Right? Anita. Yeah, Anita. So yeah. she won't fly, no matter what, obviously, because that's and they haven't toured for years, uh, decades. And um, Anita's a recluse, hmm. apparently. So they try to work out this way to kind of beam them down, Scotty. <laughs> well, they've been offered a lot of money just for a one-off. Yeah. To beam into the rest of the world. When you say beam, you know, yeah. traditionally beam on TV screens. <laughs> like maybe play in London and yeah. then beam it to the rest and of the world. And that kind of makes something. sense, right? And then we can watch it at our local cinema as well. Or maybe a live stadium oh, where course, you have a... Of incorporate cinemas. Yeah, oh, yeah satellite. About that. Yeah. 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 Hey, why not? It'd be good to see them live again. Well, it would take a lot of uh, <laughs> rehearsals if they haven't been together for chance, such a long yeah. time, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, maybe. I mean, you can go and see Elvis now. You can go and watch his his actual band play, but he's a hologram on the on the stage singing to the band. What, in Vegas or? I 
think they might tour. It's all an optical illusion. Tupac right, right. and Michael Jackson, they're, they're two more. You can actually see them if you know, as holograms. It's a bit not not ridiculous, but I, would you really pay $100 a ticket to go and see? Well, here's the thing, right? Michael if they're Jackson, going to do that, I would expect if it's not live live, sorry, if it's live but it's not the real person, I would expect the ticket prices to be a lot lower. So I'd happily pay, I don't know, 50 bucks for Michael, mm. Abba and whoever else, Elvis, but not $100, not $150, mm. not, not, you know, it's got to be a reasonable amount. It's going to be like an album, 30 bucks or something, you know, whatever, or a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, I've, I've heard of it, Abba thing that you're mentioning to answer your question, which I probably should have answered about two minutes ago. I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> well... Clearly they'll make money off it. You know that, right? What about, um, what do you think when I say Wizard of Oz? I wouldn't call that a musical. Would you? Yeah, I would. Yeah? Yeah. We're off to see the wizard. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do break into song, yeah, right? they do have conversations that turn into a song. Yeah, Okay. Uh, I'd love it. Absolutely. Well, love I it. think this is, for me personally, Wizard of Oz is the greatest family, call it kids, but call it family, film of all time. Mm. In my opinion. I mean, you know, for me, clo- that would cro- probably closely be followed by, by movies like Lion King, is very special to me. Um, you know, because, well, I was an adult when I saw it, but it's just a brilliant film for me, you know. But I think Wizard of Oz is. Probably the, it was just such a classic. What about Return to Oz? <sighs> <laughs> or Oz, the old great and powerful James yeah. Franco. Oh, I didn't mind that. But <laughs> it was okay. It wasn't it was a musical. Okay. No, no, no. Um, he replaced Robert Downey Jr. in that role. What about The Wiz? <laughs> never seen The Wiz? Oh. No, no, never seen. I've got nothing against uh uh, Michael, Michael Jackson yeah. or oh look they tried hard Diana Ross it's pretty it's pretty tough to watch yeah I'm yeah. glad I haven't seen it then but Return to Oz I thought was a weird film that came out around the same time as a Dark Crystal and oh, you yeah. know and uh, Labyrinth and <laughs> there's some trippy films it? around that time oh, right Willow is another one yeah yeah, yeah it was good <laughs> I remember watching Dark Crystal at the movies when I was gosh I must have been I don't know. 9, 10, 11, wherever, 8, 9, 10, whatever age I was. And uh, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Because it's creepy. It still does. Yeah, I think it creepy. still scares kids to this day that aren't prepared. Yeah. yeah it is creepy. What about, uh, you mentioned it once, let's talk a little bit more in depth, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, one of my favourites. <laughs> I, I have watched, it. I have about six or seven movies that I've watched more than any other movie. Yes. And that's one of them. Okay. I can recite it. Right. I can recite it. I have a few of those and that, obviously that's not one of them, but yeah, okay. I've seen it at midnight screenings where people get dressed up and and acted out. I've seen it in uh, retro screenings and I've just, I've I've seen it at home on DVD and then if I'm flicking channels and it happens to be on, I'd leave it on. Uh, The soundtrack, I like Shock Treatment, the um, sequel, (laughs) the unofficial sequel, um, Hang on, hang on, stop for a sec. What, what, what's that? Shock Treatment was the 1981 unofficial sequel that was a non-sequel to Rocky Horror, but it was made by exactly the same people and it had the same cast. It was called Shock Treatment. So I've never really heard about that. 
1981. Barry Humphreys is in it. Obviously, he's not in Rocky Horror. Uh, it, it's it got Brad and Janet in it. And wow. They go, and they, yeah. They go to Denton, and if you remember the beginning of Rocky Horror, they're in Denton after the wedding, yeah. and there's a big sign, the home of happiness. Yeah, shock treatment. Wow, okay. <laughs> that would be like almost impossible to find, wouldn't it? Uh, I've got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from back then. But to go out and try and find that now. Well, I don't know, maybe. Um, it's. I thought it was a little bit more commonly known. I thought oh, you would have known I, it. There you go. Maybe I just was away at... Way that day or something because it that's... came out the same time as Fewer Eyes Only, and it, right. it didn't get <laughs> it didn't get box office, uh, but it has since become a cult sort of favorite. But it's it's an, an unofficial sequel, but it's not a sequel if that makes sense. There's no Frankenfurter, no Time Warp, you know, nothing okay. like that. But it's by the same yeah. director, same cast. It's a rock musical, you know. Okay, yeah, shock treatment. What about uh, what about Blues Brothers? Never liked it at at a young age. Yep. I've since come come, come aboard. Come aboard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, well, it's a massive, one of the biggest cult classics of all time, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and we don't mention Blues Blues Brothers two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that at the entrance cinema, oh. which is a local cinema on the Central Coast, and um, not liking it much, but it's. Something I haven't revisited, so should so I? Oh, no, you shouldn't. No. Okay. No. Um, what about um, one of my favourites? I know it's cheesy, but Rock of Ages, I, I love that film. Oh, no, I love Rock of yeah. Ages. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise is brilliant. He's good, and yeah. it's got all-round cast. I thought he might actually even get a nomination for that. I know that's kind of stretching a little bit, but he really kind of um, just – encapsulated that role. Like he was Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses. It's drawing a long bow by saying he might have got a nomination for it. <laughs> However, I do agree he was very, you know where he was very yeah, good. He was very yeah. good. But what, what I loved about it is it actually gave me the opportunity to introduce soft rock or hair rock, glam rock yeah. to my girls. Yeah. Because I grew up on that. I'm sure you grew up on that to a degree. And they were able to, they loved the movie and they then listened to the soundtrack and there, and we sit there and we have nights where we just have some drinks or whatever and we put on Rock of Ages and we built out these 80s glam <laughs> rock songs. Yeah, it's great. And they're singing word for word. How good's that? That is great. Yeah, that is you know, really And that's good. what I grew up on, right? I never saw the stage show. It came, the movie came yeah, from us at Broadway. I would see if it if it came to Sydney, I would I would go straight. I away. believe it's good, but yeah. I've not seen it. But the movie version, um, I mean, Alec Baldwin, Russell Brand, uh, Catherine mm. Zeta Jones, Brian Cranston's in it and sings. Who's he in that? He's um, Catherine Zeta Jones's either husband or something. He's related okay. to her because she is the ex of. Tom Cruise's character and yes, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's wow, all. okay. And Hey Man was the monkey. Hey Man, <laughs> Hey Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it. Julianne Hoff was the young girl in it, and yeah. I like her. I think she's good. She's and she great. was actually in the Footloose remake, yeah, Footloose, which yeah. I'm not a fan of, but she's good. Yeah, she was. She's great. Yeah, she's on, on a lot of uh, stage and Broadway. What about? Um, I'm going to wrap this up, and we'll do a mm. few real niches, right? Mm. And then we'll leave it because I think we've exhausted Singer getting um, stretched out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so one that is a one that I loved, 
but people kind of forgot. Mm. I know people forget about this film, but it was pretty big at the time and it was called Across the Universe, which was like a tribute to Beatles, used all Beatles music. Uh, it's starred, what's his name? Help me out. No. No. <laughs> oh, gosh, what's his bloody name? I, uh, if it's got to do with the Beatles, I usually blank out. Oh, so you haven't seen the film or you have? Mm, no, I never saw it. I'll admit that. Oh, right. Okay. Um, it was really good. It was uh, Jim Sturgis. That's him. Yeah. yeah, I know him. And Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, I like Evan Rachel Wood. It's got some really good scenes in it. And, and there was a particular one um, where they do uh, a tribute to... Um, it's all the Beatles, isn't it? Yes, uh, yes, the whole thing's the Beatles, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly why I didn't watch it. Yeah. Oh, you don't like the Beatles? Oh, no, overrated. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. You know, if any, if a band's going to make 100 songs, they're always going to bound to have a couple of good ones, but seriously, I, I've oh, never come liked on. them. <laughs> come Sorry. on. That's a bit unfair. I think... Um, I haven't seen Across the Universe, but I do believe it is a good film, uh, and I it like Evan Rachel film. Wood. Jim yeah. Sturgis is good, but I'm sorry, when it comes to the Beatles, I just zone out. Really? Yeah. Can't stand them. Oh, gosh. Don't okay. like them. That's, that's, okay, well, hey, everyone's entitled I'll to I'll go as far as Twist and Shout in Ferris Bueller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe Roll Over Beethoven, but seriously, I don't like the Beatles, never have, overrated. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's funny, actually, I was speaking to a work colleague. Please uh, don't send hate mail. <laughs> Yeah, send it to uh, two drunk guys <laughs> off topic at gmail.com. Um, I was talking to a work colleague yesterday and she just uh, recently went to the Paul McCartney concert. Yeah, yeah. And she said it was amazing, you know, and he played for like three hours and 75, what, like crazy stuff, right? Good on him. Yeah. No, I'm glad. But yeah. you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been able to drag me there, mate. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go <laughs> anywhere near it. Yeah, anyway, look, I, I really respect the Beatles. I do. I, look, I don't. I don't love them. I don't listen to them a lot. I mean, obviously, I know most. I actually do know most of their songs. But um, yeah, I, I like them. I, th- I really do respect them. Well, a lot of people say you're either a Beatles person or you're an Elvis person. So you're yeah. a Beatles person. Uh, yeah, I'd say it would be more Beatles over Elvis, but I definitely like Elvis stuff. Yeah, for sure. I'm neither. I like Rolling Stones. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the next one in that one is yeah. Rolling Stones. Yeah. I was yeah. about to Screw say Screw the that. other two. Rolling yeah. Stones are my, my pick, um, yeah. For, yeah, it's funny. For me, I, I go Beatles, Elvis, Rolling Stones. Oh. Having said that, okay. I, I love like I love some Rolling Stones. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Well, Elton John's another one. I'm not a big fan of Elton John, but yeah. he's been around for that long. He does actually have a few decent songs. Oh, no. I, I uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, far it's, out. I'm just... uh, so it's, it's funny, actually, guys, out there listening, because Shane and I talk hours and hours and hours on movies, right? And, he, and we do we tend to we, we do tend to align in, in most you – know, there's some things that we disagree on, and that's fine, right? But we've never really talked about music together. Not <laughs> really. We talk about movies. So it's funny to – we're sitting here across the table now and he's talking about all this stuff and he's talking about music. And blah, blah. I was going, I kind of don't agree with that, but it's interesting. But you brought it up with Across the Universe <laughs> and because it triggered me like, oh, Beatles suck. <laughs> I'm going to have to admit it. I don't want to say I like the Beatles. So I was I about don't. to say that Elton John for me is the greatest songwriter of our time. Yeah, he's, he's, he's brilliant. That's what I think he of that guy. He is brilliant. Yeah. I, I still think – 
Not overrated. Definitely not yeah. him. But well, he's a fruit loop. But I'm just irrelevant. You know, you're going to get a few hits, aren't you, if you're around yeah. for 40, 40 years still. No, I, I won't write Elton off. But I've got one more for you. I want to mention this movie, and I'll tell you why. And I think you may have seen it. I'm pretty sure you would have. But I want to tell it for all of our listeners out there, because I want you all to watch this film. So the film was released last year, and it's a um, an 80s musical and it hardly got it hardly saw the light of day on home entertainment i know exactly the one you're gonna say yeah and it's um from the director and writers of two other films one is uh begin again Mm. and the other one is once once Mm. won the um best song it did for the uh, academy awards back in whatever that was maybe 10 years ago whatever it was not quite 10 years I yeah. don't think. Yep, eight years or whatever it was. Yeah. So the movie I'm referring to is a um, movie called Sing Street, and it's a hidden gem. Agree? I do. Yeah, it good. reminds me of The Commitments. Yes, 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 And I love The yes. Commitments, so there you go. That's a great way to wrap it up, man. Shane's on the money. It really <laughs> feels like Commitments. D- different. Yeah. But different. it's not the whole band thing. It's more of a solo thing, but... But it's brilliant. And um, look, if you like Commitments or Begin Again, do yourself a favour. Agree. Go out there and find Sing Street. You'll be able to watch it maybe on digital rental or buy it or whatever. Um, and so it's, it got released in Little Fanfare. No, yeah. I mean, well, I can tell you I did not allocate the film. Wow. To, to I, I allocate nationally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember reviewing it on radio. Yeah. So I saw it as a, as a media screening before it came out. So I did talk about it and I yeah. knew how great it was and the soundtrack it was, but it didn't really capture the audience. But I think it made it picked up a few more fans. Now it's on, uh, you know, Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's um, just a, just a, look, I don't want to hype you up too much out there, but um, think of it as a small Irish Irish film? Yeah. Irish. That's why it reminds me of The Commitments. Yeah. Um, and it's just, and if you grew up in the 80s, even more so. Yeah. Uh, it's got original songs and covers, doesn't mm, it, Jay, from yeah. uh, classics that you'll recognise. Yep. It goes through all the 80s icons. And it's an mm. uh, awesome film. Anyway, look out for that. That's our tip for the week. And I think that's probably got to wrap up our uh, two guys in a bucket because we're we're approaching the three-hour mark. So this is literally becoming the Titanic, and we mentioned that earlier on. (laughs) Well, it's the 20th anniversary of the Titanic, 1997, the movie came out. It's the 20th anniversary, but Titanic ran for three hours and 15 minutes, I think. Well, the director's cut, I think, went for four <laughs> So we still have 20 minutes. We have plenty of time. No, we no, didn't no. even mention the Apple, and I wanted to quickly mention the oh, Apple, yeah, go, please, which is a please. 1980 canon film um, with Catherine Mary Stewart was in it, who you might know from The Last Starfighter uh, and other cool 80s movies, Weekend at Bernie's she was in. It's a really crazy Rocky Horror-style bad B, <laughs> B musical, but has since become popular. And the apple is very cool to watch if you I, get a I've chance. I've never heard of that. No, you're, not, and you're not the only one. People, yeah, more people yeah, yeah. need to know about it. I have a copy of it. It is rare, but if 
I know that they have screenings of it in LA. Wow. In America, they have uh, like I don't know if it's midnight, but they do have screenings of it where people get dressed up in glitter, and that's what the you know the characters okay. do in the movie. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a cross between a disco and a go-go kind of um, Rocky Horror type vibe. Sounds trippy. It is. The apple. That's all. Thanks, mate. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, I think that wraps us up for another episode of Two Guys in a Bucket. Now, firstly, thank you so much, Shane, for joining us tonight. It was uh, We've always wanted to do this, just you and I doing a powwow for three hours. It's great. It's <laughs> like we've we managed do to do normally. that. Yeah, this, this is <laughs> our Friday night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, you know, I'm just over a few beers. Now, um, so thank you again, mate. Thank you for having me. Always, and, it's a pleasure just being in your presence. But oh, being you, part man. of this uh, choice podcast is an honour. Thanks. At the end of this, uh, we always put your handle um, at the end of this program as well. So we won't even you don't even have to do that because you're automatically there at the end anyway. Um, second thing is, I want to say that uh, Sean will be back next week, which is great. Good to have him back in the chair. I'm sure we've got plenty of stories out there. And the third thing is I really want to get everyone looking forward to the best of 2017 episode, which is coming up next. I really hope to get Shane there. We'll see how we go for timing because we've got to time each other throughout Christmas. Yes, so that could be that's, difficult. That's tough. But when it comes it to lists and movies, yeah. I'm in. So it's going to be epic. The whole show will be dedicated to Shane's, Sean's, and my, my top 10 films of the year. And I, I spend hours on this every uh, every year or days almost, you know. And, uh, and yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So I really hope uh, we can, you can join us for that. Spoiler alert, Dunkirk will be in my list. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got the hint from that yeah, today, exactly. right, in, this, in this episode. <laughs> so thanks, everyone, for joining us. And until next time, good night. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like the show, why don't you head on down to Facebook or Instagram and look up Off Topic with Two Drunk Guys. You'll find us there. We're going to be throwing up some extra content. Or if you just want to have a general chat, write to us to let us know how you feel about the show or any suggestions. Why don't you email us at twodrunkguysofftopic at gmail.com. Oh, look at that. Emails already. And so as not to forget, Facebook, Instagram, Off Topic with Two Drunk Guys. See you next week. Wait, wait, wait. You forgot Shane Bassett, our movie extraordinaire and all-round nice guy. He's our in-house movie critic. You can reach him on Twitter and Insta at movie underscore analyst.